So do we just use this as an intro? <laughs> Why not? Daddy's taking a piss. Neil's fucking up some beers. Okay, we just have to check the date. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Raptors in the Kitchen. It is Hogmanay 2021. Uh, and for the non-Scottish people, everyone knows Hogmanay, right? That's our thing. Not I mean, like it's like New Year's Eve. Right. But like, I thought like the whole world knows what Hogmanay is. Yeah, the people that seem like we're kind of like pushing people away from this. Right, okay, how would you ever have guessed that we were Scottish uh, if we didn't use words like Hogmanay? Uh, I'm Pat Rodriguez. That was Neil McCulloch. Hello. Also joining us is uh, Toby Bass. Hello. And Danny Matthews. Yep. Who people will know you were on like a previous episode that will probably be uploaded after this episode because I had to do editing on it and I'm lazy as fuck. And I had problems with the PC for a while, so there's that as well. So, so like, like two episodes ago. <laughs> mm. Aye. Yeah. But that was also like two months ago or something. When was Bond out? Aye, there's no time to act. October, November or something like that. Mm. That was before then, surely. We've only done two fucking podcasts. Eternals was November. Quarter of a year. I'm sorry, in October, then, was it? Yeah, it must be yeah, November. September. Ah, because June. Was June not? June was later. So, just in case anybody was kind of wondering how much of a failure this podcast is, it's supposed to be a weekly thing. Yeah, <laughs> <is> a... <laughs> I mean, it was no, for a while. It was to begin with. When no, it's I, kind of just like whenever we're, uh, whenever we're up for doing it, I guess. Yeah. You'll get what you get, right? Listener. <laughs> hey, Daddy was about to tell us a story about oh, Tesco. No, it was an Asda. Asda. Basket. Which is Scottish Walmart, again, for the international yeah, listeners. Me did batteries, got a mother shop, took a basket up to the next lady, and was so intent on finding the batteries that I'd been told at a checkout. I'm looking at the batteries, I'm almost standing people behind me, so put the batteries in the basket and then just put a basket on the fucking check out and didn't empty my basket I just sat the basket on the, the conveyor belt <laughs> and, I, and I took my headphones out and she's saying something to me and I'm like sorry what was that she goes can you empty your basket please I'm like oh for fuck's sake I'm so sorry <laughs> that's that's the story yeah I just back uh, to your story yeah. rubbish good story <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better if I didn't go to tell it when I was telling it so you're not you closing the lid like a fucking uh, what do you need the batteries for? You've got a nose trimmer, right? Do you know trim your nasal hair? Uh, like sometimes, but like it's just. You're going to be a special. When? When was the last time you trimmed your nasal hair? Well, I use I use scissors. Okay, we're going to be showing scissors up there. Really? Uh, you just let it go wild. I guess. But see, I thought that was one of the things. If you were to cut it, it'll just get fucking worse and worse and be like these spiders. Like no, that's, that's like that's, that's a, a total myth. No, no, there's a person we know that will name. Who had a fucking, I don't know what you would call it. It was like an alien thing hanging out of your Aye, but that's just like their genetics, though. It's not like because like they trimmed it a bunch and it just grew back thicker. And it was no, like that's not what you Is that what you were kind of getting at? No. Um, I was getting at, like, if you were to trim it, like, for, for a couple of, like, say you were to trim it, it will come back thicker. No, no, it's no, Otherwise, I'd be fucking shaving my head every day. How often do you have to shave your head? Once a week. Just once a week, guys. Oh, yeah. Danny's bald. <laughs> well, technically, he's bald by choice. There's still, I'm, still I'm, a hairline there. I, I, I can bald. see a hairline. It's a terrible one. But... I'm definitely not. If I was, then I wouldn't shave it. 
If I was to describe it, I would say cane unmasking. Uh, aye, or if you let it grow, you look like Sven Goran Eriksson. It'd be that kind of thing. So yeah, good evening. <laughs> would you ever consider going to uh, Turkey to get a hair transplant for seven grand? Is that the only place you offer them? Like, well, it's the cheapest place, I think. How do you know that? Because there's a guy at work that was nicknamed The Captain, who went to Turkey and got a hair transplant that cost them seven grand. And when he came back, like everybody was ripping the country for ages, but it actually worked. So. Is it right, wasn't it? I, I think I'd be more more likely to get plugs the way that what Elton John got. What's, what's the difference between that and like a hair transplant? Well, you can kind of take it off and on. All right, okay. Okay. I remember working in a bar and current but ex footballer Lee Griffiths walked in with his mates to uh, get some coffees. He had just had his hair transplant and it was all scarred to fuck. Uh, <laughs> you're even worse than he looks now. Yeah. Which is really <clears> shame. That, uh, that does sound like be, be a fucking nightmare, like having your whole fucking scalp just like itching to fuck. You need, to, you need to have, you can't like, put hats on and stuff like that, I think. And you have to let it come back in, mm. it all goes in, then all falls out and then goes back or something like that. Right. Mm. Unless Turkey's different, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess the process is the same, doesn't it? I remember, like, yeah. a, 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 like, friend of the show and co-creator Alan Kerr, he was telling us that one time one of his pals, he, he just was off work for ages. Just ages. And then he came back later. He had hair. He had a full head of hair. He just, he fucked off to Poland to get hair. Yeah, and he didn't throw, tell anybody. Full head of teeth. Why, why would you tell, why would you be like, oh, guys, by the way, next time you see me, I'm going to have somebody else's hair in my head? Well, it's not somebody. Well, it is somebody else's hair. It's real hair. Yeah, no, it's, it's when they, 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 they take they 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 take the container. Is that what it is? Aye, they can take hair follicles from like your back and they transfer it. I think most of the time they take it from the back of your neck and the back of your head because if they're going to grow your hair out, it's going to come down and over. Yeah. That is somehow even more disgusting than I just. I mean, like, I don't know what I thought was happening before, but like it just seems weird to like. No, hold on, let's take a second. Explain what you actually thought was happening before. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess I never really kind of thought about it too much. What, they just like, like cut, I, I didn't think it was like kind of just what gave it to you. No, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just didn't expect it to be Some, like their own hair. Some kind of Eastern bull just wandering about with <laughs> half a scalp missing. That's why they go to Turkey, man. Because no. I thought he asked you to trim those sideburns. <laughs> right, let's settle this debate just now, man. The previous owner at Istanbul, the takeaway on Peter's Road. In Glasgow, was that a wig or was that just his natural Turkish hair? I think it was his hair, so it's 50 50 split. But in saying that, like that, that frequently got brought up one time, um, well, a lot of times, but there was one time uh, after being in the pub with my friend Isla, um, we went into Istanbul and she dared me to headbutt the bread for a laugh, and I went, I don't want to do that, I like being in here, and then. She turned to just some random guy. She had a couple of drinks and she went, Oh, mate, he thinks that's no a wig. And the random guy just went, Oh, behave. I put my host on that. <laughs> I was like, Shut up, I don't want banned from this place. I like this takeaway. It's one of the best takeaways in Glasgow if you ever come here. It's called yeah. Istanbul, Pizza Road. Yeah. Get a Lamajan with chicken and cheese. Controversial. I don't think it's that great. I think it's alright. Get a. I don't think exactly. I prefer Morello's on Great Western Road. What's the difference between a Lamajan and uh, a Salvini? I don't think there is much a difference. I think they're kind of the same. Maybe the size. Mm. That's what I'm saying.
Right, well, Amazon's supposed oh, to be bigger one. Right, Sorbenis are big, but they're not as thick as like Amazon. So that was the meal pattern bonus and takeaway minute. <laughs> that was the insert banter here. Hey, we've not talked about biscuits in a while. Why do we want to talk about biscuits? We're we talking about biscuits all the time. Oh crap! No, we're talking about jaffa cakes. Oh, that's a biscuit. No, it's not. No, it's not. Don't be fucking silly. Let's not open those old wounds. It's been proven it's not. What was the thing about, like, if you leave a biscuit out, it gets... Oh, it's to do with the staleness. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, so I understand that, but still, it's in the biscuit, I know. It's a fucking biscuit. Mm. In the general <clears throat> sense. In the umbrella terrible. I mean, if, if you want like a big supermarkets to dictate what is truth to you, Neil, then... Well, it's kind of like a Kit Kat is a biscuit, but a Kit Kat chunky is not. And it's essentially the same thing, except it's bigger. So, you know, that's the... the there's one to no, live I out. agree with that. Kit Kat chunky is a biscuit. No, a lot of folk would argue a Kit Kat chunky is not in the biscuit aisle, it is in the sweet aisle, so therefore it is a chocolate bar as opposed to a biscuit, whereas no, I argue this, a, a Kit Kat chunky is just a bigger version of Kit Kat, mm. and a Kit Kat's a biscuit. There you go. Brilliant. Have <laughs> <laughs> you guys been up too much? Been heavy working because it's been Christmas. Uh, New Year. Usual. Sure. Yeah. It's been pretty bad. Yeah. I'd say nope's all around. No one's been doing shit. No, just working and avoiding doing the oncoming. How was your Christmas? I was alright. Did I did a ten six? You paid. You were working on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, Christmas Day. Yeah. You like triple ten? Yeah, you get triple ten. It's mm. well worth the money. Was yeah. it busy? No, it was alright. It was. Because uh, Covid's kind of ramped up again, uh, obviously a lot of bookings have gone down. So we did about, I think it was just, just about 200, which I think is a good number for, for Christmas. You're getting two sittings of 100, uh, it makes it pretty easy. Uh, everything went really smoothly, everybody seemed to like it. Yeah, reasonably decent day in work. Fuck the roads, eat a big scram. Open my thing, got a high, ate a load of chocolate, went to sleep. I like, sat with my mum for most of Christmas Day watching the chase on the channel, the challenge channel on a TV TV. That programme was rubbish. No, I mean, like, like, see, as bad as I am at uh, general knowledge stuff, like, I quite like trivia stuff. Mm. You prefer pornos? <laughs> That's true as well, but I prefer pointless. Pointless. Just pointless is alright. Even while I hear it. Chase the pointless porn. I'm going to have a real fortune man myself. Put hardly prices right. Is that not the one that was like hosted by a rapist or something? No, 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 And then was it Nicky Campbell? Was that right? Ah, Nicky Campbell did it, yeah. Was Matthew Kelly a rapist? No, no, he was he took a big court in the newspapers to court and went uh, released. Was that because he was getting accused of being a pedo yeah, with the team of Rolf Harris and the rest of the Pretty much. Speaking of pedos, Prince Andrew. <laughs> Again, you know, like, hey, let's move on to that. Shouldn't even have brought that up. Mm. You know, like, hey, that's another, <laughs> I just created the, the impossible pivot in the, like a different fucking thing. Right, so Christmas was alright. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Queen address anything about that in her speech? Uh, oh, yeah, well, she did not touch that one, no. I said as a nonce. I'm sorry for <laughs> signing a nonce. I'm talking nonsense. 
to appease for our sins, I will behead Andrew on Christmas Day. No. That was that. No, who does empty watch the Queen's speech? Who fucking cares? English people. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would want to see the figures for that. I think a lot, of, a lot of people up here in the country. You can see Rangers fans. <laughs> Unionists. Let's see. <laughs> a, a certain subsection of the Glasgow communities. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, mad. Did you not watch Home Alone Three as well? Aye. Mm. Oh, I didn't realise. Scarjo not in that. Aye. Is that her first film? No. Macaul- Macaulay Culkin not in that. No. no some other weird obnoxious no. dude. I'd imagine it was either that or. Ghost World was her. Was it Ghost World? Mm-hmm. Her and Flora Birch. I think all of these before Ghost Like she uh, is uh, really young in Home Alone. Oh yeah, it's definitely before Ghost World then. Because yeah. they're all like like super teenagers in yeah. Ghost World. Ghost World's kind of a breakout. I think. Is it Flora Birch or Christina Ricci? Flora Birch. Right. Okay. The Shemmy's in that. The Shemmy's in that. Yeah. And when the jazz. And it's got that uh, that guy that featured in many Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, videos. Free. No, not the not free. It was <laughs> it's the, in the band. It's, it's the guy that comes you in. He's he's winning uh, oh. nothing but cut off jeans and he's got nunchucks. Is it Ricky? Something? Oh, I know you're talking. Pack of cigarettes, doing overtime. That guy, Sixteen that, hours. That guy got his own film. Oh God, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll check. Plan for a month or so as well. I check, but I'm sure that guy got his own film. Right, so that home one to eat, like a is. I mean, I've not seen one or two. Since I was an adult, when you said it was on, I was like, since since you were an since adult. I was an adult. <laughs> well, since you, are you now? Have you regressed? I, I don't know, man. Like apparently my grammar is post adult, <laughs> but I, I, so I don't know how those hold up post credits adult. It's still uh, not the best screen in movie history. Home Alone Three is uh, the first one. Really bad, right? with the spider. That's that's that the best screen. Tremendous. That knocks the Wilhelm scream way out the park, Quinn. <laughs> Yeah. I do not like those films. Home Alone 1 2? Yeah. I mean, they would never happen. Absolutely not. Like, see me, you watch the first one. Sorry, we're hijacking. Put back a home. Don't worry about it. So, in Home Alone 1, <laughs> it's like they phoned home saying, Oh, by the way, uh, my child who was a minor is stuck at home alone. And the cops are like, All right, um, what you, like, would you want? It's like, Can you check on him? You asked to just what check on him? You're like, That would never happen. You'd be taken into custody until his mother returned home, or father, or do whatever guardian. And yeah, of course, all, all the other silly shit like all the traps and that are fun. But that film is a pure fantasy. What do you think the plot is of Home Alone Three? Somebody tries to steal something. Also, by the way, he's barely ever in the house alone. Like, uh, they just do convoluted ways of making his mum and dad leave during the day. Like, oh, the so they're going holiday, huh? No. Like, the dad's, like, away somewhere else, and the mum has to, like, go to the bank, or she's got to go into work for an hour. And he's like, like a latchkey kid, then. Like, he's got chicken pox, so he has to stay in the house. Ah, and she, right. she leaves him alone for tiny stretches of time. At, and, what, and, and these burglars are trying to come in, like, intermediately. Yeah. What? They, they're the dumbest burglars ever. What the fuck? It's atrocious. I mean, really she'll be leaving for work in an hour. We have approximately three hours to nick on. Are they just trying to rob the house, or is there some kind of a MacGuffin? There's a MacGuffin. Right. It's yeah. a fucking completely ridiculous MacGuffin. I don't understand how John Landis can make like well, some he, of the best. He, 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 no, he, he, he did. He did direct. John Landis. John Landis. Was it John Hughes? John, John Hughes. Hughes. John Hughes. 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 Hughes.
That changes things. In fact, John Hughes <laughs> didn't direct a single Home Alone film. He produced it. Was it Chris Columbus? It was. It was Chris the Bean Counter Columbus. John Hughes's name came up at the start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good name for that man. Mm-hmm. Mate, kind of sums up his career. All oh, right, a book. Guy. What is it? Right. How much will it cost us? Right. Cool. How much will it make? Right. Fine. Let's find we'll make it. That's what he does. He's a Bean Counter. Same as George Lucas. <coughs> okay. Um. But yeah. Yeah. John Hughes. Produced them. Oh, yeah, probably called produced Homeland 3, yeah. Oh no, it would be like characters based upon or some shit like uh, that. Right, uh, fucking regardless of that though, man. Like it changes things because I was thinking of John Landis and he does good films but also does amazingly bad ones. He, he wrote it as well. Fucking hell, yeah. That's a pure fucking face on effort. Never mind, oh, man. Let's, man, let's, fucking, let's talk about something else, man. <laughs> Circle back. Is John Hughes a rapist? No, but look better. Oh, he's got a glorious dream last time. Ah, yeah, he, he's, he's, been, he's, he's yeah. been fingered a few things. Yeah, 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 he, like, apparently when he started going out with Millie Hovich, she was a minor. And no the, way. And I think a few people have made complaints of him. Yeah, it's something like, you know how in Leon, where they've got that kind of weird relationship yeah, with yeah, him, yeah. apparently that's reflective of his relationship at the time, when he was going out with a minor. That's not good. Well, sorry. I don't think the person was considered a minor in France, but they were like 14 or 15. Oh, or no. Shite. What's up? I was bidding on something on eBay and uh, I had it set for like 7 o'clock. Why are you bringing that? Finished. Why are you bringing that? Because I only just noticed that I missed out and I lost my... I'm going to... Dear viewer, listener, I apologise for the scattershot fucking podcast, man. Pre-adult. shit. Sorry, post-adult. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> <laughs> so Homo and Feed, like, uh, there's a group of four terrorists who were trying to smuggle a fucking a missile chip through the airport, but some granny picked up the wrong bag, uh, they were hiding it inside a remote control car, and the granny gave the car to the kid, and then the terrorists are trying to get the missile chip thing from the kid. So is Scarlett Johansson a terrorist? No, she's just his sister. Alright, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Is there anyone of note in this film? I recognised Scarville. At least <laughs> three out of the four terrorists. I couldn't tell you any of the actors' names. I think one might have been a Baldwin. <laughs> I will put money on Stephen. I will put uh, money on if it's a Baldwin. It's Defoe Stephen. I think uh, or William. I think the yes. main the main villain. I think was a Baldwin. But there was like a one of the guys was one of the engineers from Star Trek Enterprise, uh, and like. I don't know, other, other folk like, stuff. But Home Alone no, is rubbish. Don't yeah. ever watch it. It's a waste of time. They did a reboot of it with, um, is it? Is it Home Alone again? Home Sweet Home Alone, oh, I think it's it was. Home. And it's the. Jesus, she was in Taskmaster, right? Or anything, but it's, um, I want to say it's actually something. She's uh, like an Irish comedian, but she's uh, she was good in Taskmaster, right? She's got her own sitcom, but she was in it. So I see the trailer, I was like, wait, what's happening? Her initials are like AB, but I can't remember. I was slightly surprised when I seen it. I was like, oh, that's so, okay. This is uh, another Home Alone film. Is it a Baldwin? Um, I'm kind of scanning through the cast and I don't recognise any of these guys. They were all, they were all definitely, I've seen that face before, but oh. couldn't tell you the name kind of people. Uh, I, I remember like, uh, when you were saying you were watching Home Alone 3, I was like, I was sitting at home, like going through the telly, I was like, yeah, fuck, that's, that's on right now. Uh, there wasn't a lot else on. The, ja- the janitor out of Scrubs, is that? Ah, uh, there you go. He's also in The Fugitive, I think. He is, yeah. uh, he's the dad. Who's yeah. he in The Fugitive? He's a college, he's the he is a police officer in the Oh, in this. Are you sure? Yeah. 
Turns out I have really shitty faces and names. The future was a fucking well known movie, man. Oh, as a builder for me. It was not me, it was the one armed man. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones then. Won an Oscar for that as well. Unexpectedly. Oh, yeah. There's only Oscar. That was, I think that was pretty much it. That was pretty much, he'd been around for years. Yeah. But it was more like that and the Under Siege were his kind of. I would, I would say the, the, the Fugitive was his breakout film. I mean, he won the Oscar for it, yeah. so it was like, yeah. So was you got the Harrison Ford. Yeah. No, uh, what? I sorry, Tommy Lee Jones won the Oscar, but yeah, the Harrison Ford movie, The Fugitive. Right. But it's Tommy Jones you're talking about, that was his breakout movie. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the one where people started to think what was on. Yeah, but he had been around for years, like, I, I, like, I remember like, taking like, a wee deep dive into his filmography and I was like, Jesus, he has been here like the 70s. Is he not like the kind of person now that all he does is like a Japanese and Chinese adverts? Is that not like what he, he was his living bit, well, I don't know what make his living, he's, he's, been, he's been in a lot of good movies since he's the future. I mean, he was in. I mean, No Country for Old Men. Great. I mean, that was already about ten years ago, right? Or more? Or as more now. Day, yeah, two thousand and nine. Was that the last thing he was in? No, no, no. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, but uh, he, I mean, he was in the, the last Bourne movie. Jason Bourne. He was like one of the main villains. But yeah, ah, he was like the the FBI director, whatever director it was, that's kind of in charge of trying oh, to find Jason. Oh, I Bourne. see. It was I've I've forgotten so much of that film because it was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. At least he had a candle, isn't it? Yep. That was a bad film, man. Mm-hmm. Paco's got a funny look at his face as if who's always had a candle. She's from X Men. Oh, he was in Ad Astra. Oh, Ad Astra, which I enjoyed. Yeah. 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 No, that film was shit. It was not. It was. I, I enjoyed Ad Astra. What was worse, that or The Matrix Resurrection? Save that for later. Don't even think about that. You're you go to it as well? He's a fucking apologist. No, I'm joking. Will we, will we start with movies? Is that? I guess we've got like a lot of room to go, right? Um, well, I'm trying to think. Quite happy just having a chat. Yeah, yeah. Listeners are used to this bitch by now. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think. June was the last one we did. I've seen June a second time since then. I've seen Ghostbusters twice. What else have I seen? Spider-Man. You and I went and seen the Joaquin Phoenix effort. Come uh, on, come on. Yep. Uh, seen Spider-Man. I've seen and Matrix Oh ho oh, oh, ho, oh, daddy yes. boy, Jesus! Hot point. Oh fuck me! They're actually that's been put forward for consideration for Oscars best film and best actress. I'm like, know. good. Jared Leto's no getting. No, no, he, I am. He is a fucking cartoon. Why these things get put forward just because they've got kind of names? Yeah. It's a Ridley Scott like, movie. Yeah, we're talking about fucking Spider-Man forward for best actor. So but Lady Gaga is kind of in. She's, she's, I, guess, I thought she was fine. She, she was good in it, she was fine, but she, but everybody's talking about her right now, so they're like, well, they're all talking about her, so let's put her uh, and I don't mean that just her, I mean, generally that's what happens. No, people yeah. are talking about a person or a film. Generally, she's good in stuff, and she's easily the best thing in a film that's full of fucking caricatures and cartoons. Adam Driver is good, but he doesn't really have a lot to do. The problem with the film is this. I mean, it's it's. I think you and I agreed. It was entertaining, but it's not a good film. It is. No, it's not. Like I forget. Apart from the Matrix Resurrections, it's the messiest film. It's too long. I forget when I heard this, but like I heard somebody saying that uh, they thought that most of the uh, portrayals in it were like really well done. It was an episode of Regular FM actually. Like uh, it was Arthur Geese was talking about it. One of Danny's favorite people. Mm-hmm. So it was like all the all the actors did a good job. 
But it was like 12 actors had been told they were in different films from each other. 100%. 100%. I, I actually, I believe... Tell um, me, do you want to tell the people what House of Gucci is first? Oh, right, yeah. So basically, House of Gucci is the latest Ridley Scott movie. Uh, and it's got Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Al Pacino, and uh, Lady Gaga. Jeremy Irons. And Jeremy Irons, yeah. And it's basically about the Gucci family, the well-known kind of fashion producers and whatnot. And there was a scandal that happened uh, between... Um, Adam Driver's character and Lady Gaga's character, but I won't say what it is, but it kind of is the well, yeah, It's real life, so you can it, tell them that it, it is. But Danny, but you, like, when you watched it, I you didn't actually, notice. I, I kind of three quarters away from the film started remembering right. the actual real life events. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, well, what'd you say then? Yeah, Gaga's character marries into the Gucci family and then she plans to have her husband killed. Assassinated, yeah. So, oh, right, that's actually more interesting than I thought it would be. But the funny thing is, an assassination yeah, but the problem is that doesn't even happen. That's like the last thing that happens. The rest of it is more about family betrayal and backstabbing and this Lady Gaga kind of influences a lot of Adam Driver's like, oh well, your uncle owns a bit but so does he but you can't trust them and this and there. So it's very much a grab for power. Um, but honest to fuck, I, I really believe Ridley Scott was taking a shit every time Jared Leto was on screen because how Emily couldn't tell to rein the fucking, he's like Pepe Le Pew meets every Italian uh, cliche in a character like he's so what's, cartoonish. What's that dude, dude he was like supposed to be portraying? Like what's uh, he actually like in real life? Did you watch any footage? Paolo Gucci. I haven't known, but this is. I mean, if this guy well, was really for, first of all, Paolo uh, Jared Leto opted to wear a fat suit to portray Paolo Gucci. Yeah. Well, Paolo Gucci is not a fat man. Not only that, what I found weird is he's um, Jared Leto was like the face of Gucci just now. Like him and you remember that advert with him and. Lana Del Rey, yeah. and I'm like, man, it's a strange thing. You want to be involved in this because this could, portrayal could be seen as offensive to the Gucci family, even though they have no control over that product anymore. It's owned by different people. Nah. Uh, but again, Al Pacino's entertaining, but just is he just Al Pacino? Kinda, but he's again. Okay, on, on a level of Al Pacino, is he? He's not shouty. Is he sent by women, Al Pacino? Is he heat Al Pacino, is he st- or is he devil's advocate Al Pacino? Or is he, or is he still ghost Al Pacino? No, no, but, fuck. yeah, de- devil's advocate mixed with a bit of scent of woman, but oh, Italian. Okay. Yeah, Italian. But Leto is, like, chews everything. Oh, Jesus, fuck yeah. yeah. He yeah. is, it's like watching Anthony Hopkins in a lot of movies. Pretty much Anthony Hopkins' career for the past yes. 10 years. Or? Yeah, but I haven't seen The Father, and he was. He didn't chew the scenery in The Two Popes, to be fair, but... Yeah, it's like when Anthony Hopkins is on screen and he just gets to have free reign. Yeah. But that's like that times a thousand. And it doesn't come across as well acted. It comes across as entertaining because you're like, I don't know if this is a joke or is this meant to be a joke? Because at times I've no fucking clue. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it's it, there's a lot of entertaining factors about it, but it's far too long. The meat of it, you kind of like the actual, the actual kind of assassination, or sorry, the attempted killing or killing. It, that doesn't come into play till the very, very end, and it's probably the most interesting thing about the whole thing, because it is just a grab for power, and how Lady Gaga came from such beginnings and now considers herself her considers herself a, as as much of a member of the Gucci family as the actual like immediate Gucci family. On a scale of one to, one to ten, as a fan of watching Lady Gaga just cut about trying to pretend to be Italian in fancy outfits. Yeah. How much do you think I'll enjoy it? Oh, eight. 
Lassie and I work took her kid, 14 year old boy, oh, yeah. to go and see it, not knowing that she gets hot pointed and absolute pop <laughs> And then is that she gets to, to quote bad boys too, he straight up pal drives her. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite and there's a lot of times she's look she looks she looks fucking phenomenal and like does, all, uh, all her all her like Gucci gear and all that, but I thought like I think Gaga is absolutely on the up in terms of like she did well in A Star Is Born. I quite like her stuff in some American history, sorry, American horror stories. And this one, you're like, yeah, you can tell that, like, you know, there's her kind of star is rising, you yeah. know, in terms of acting. <clears throat> um, I, I need to ask, man, I've never heard the term hot pointed before. What the fuck does that entail? Uh, well, what was a hot point? I don't know what the hot point make. Like washing machines? Yes. So right? what happens when you put a washing machine on full spin? Like, so she, is it like just a, a roundabout way of saying she got rattled? <laughs> like he, like she Adam is, Driver is There's, a, there's a sex scene with, with Lady Gaga Adam Driver in, over a desk in an office and she is, as as you say, Paco, she's a all shook up. But not only that, an extended period. the scene lasts way too long. It's yeah, like, it's but it goes long. on and on and on. You're it's like, man, Driver and her must be fucking knackered. No, they're not really shagging, but still. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Fuck knows. <laughs> I'm willing to bet though. Every take that Lyle did was one take. Because <laughs> like you're really, uh, really, yeah, really, yeah, really struggling to understand his involvement in this film. Like everybody, there's a problem with films like this because you've got people putting on Italian accents in English, which is yeah. which is immediately just a bit. Like if you're gonna do it, fucking go all hog and just. Have an Italian or have an English, right? Don't half ass it. It's for the most part it's okay because most people in the film are okay. Yeah. But there's how's this for a solution, mate? It starts off and they're all speaking Italian, but like one of them's writing something about a paper and like it zooms in and it's like a kind of monologue of like the kind of thoughts of the paper. And then, like, once it gets close, when it zooms back out, it's just in English, and it's implied that it's in That's in Valkyrie. That Valkyrie. Tom Cruise is speaking was, German, was, writing in tra- German, and then it just turns to English. I was, I was trying to remember if it was Hunt for Red October. No, oh, that is when they do kind of do something like that. Yeah. Sean Connery and Stellan Skarsgård are speaking Russian, and then it the just camera just zooms up to Stellan Skarsgård's mouth, then zooms back out, and they're just speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> you look lost. Like at least like that movie's awesome though. Yeah, that that awesome. Valkyrie and Hunter yeah. Cover are both awesome. Yeah, but yeah, they're just like listen, man. Just yeah, but yeah. it's like Hunter Cover especially. It's like it starts off with like a Sean Connery, Connery. Sean Connery doing like a Russian accent thing. Like he's speaking in Russian, yeah. and it just cuts to like just his fucking accent. It's like such a jarring thing, man. But but it's Sean Connery. You don't hire him for his thespian skills, he's a movie star, just, he's there, sell tickets, not win, not, well, not win Oscars. It's kind of like, it's played straight though, for the most part of this film, and then, with Jared Leto's scenes, there are scenes where you're laughing out loud at how bad the hook yeah, on the is. I think the kind of, so, yeah, like, I just wonder if Ridley Scott thought, look, there's, I can't save this scene, so I'm going to direct it as a fucking comedy. I it's think, like, yeah. This scene is a comedy. The, I will say this as well though, the majority of time, I think, again, he, he is completely over the top, but the majority of the time when uh, Paolo Gucci, Jared Leto's character, is on screen, it's his dad telling him about how he's a fucking idiot, or any other family member says, you're a fucking idiot. Well, even, even the scene where Lady Gaga's trying to convince him, she's trying to bring him around the hallway of thinking. Aye. And he, she's bullshitting him and stuff. Aye. And he says, oh, these are just mock-ups. But, like, he, 
he puts about 25 extra syllables in there any it's just, it's so and yeah, thought. and yeah, like a lot of the hand movements are very much similar to when anyone in Syria goes down and that's for and I'll go over the red the When the first time Leo did that, Ridley Scott would just come over and go, "That's shit, don't do that again." But well, you know, Ridley Scott told him to do that. Me? No, oh, I don't know. Like, I think Jared Leto thinks. I know people say things like this, like, we've got a friend, Stevie, he says it's the best movie of all time whenever he just likes a movie. But this is the worst acting performance I've seen in my other life, ever. Have you not seen The Matrix yet, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually said, Danny was, uh, Danny was like, what you up to your show? I don't watch The Matrix, but he went, why'd you do that? <laughs> I was like, I'm, just, I'm asking myself those questions now. <laughs> Probably going to do it tomorrow. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. You don't need to. Leto is not like he's not an amazing actor, but he's he's unbelievably bad in this. It's like he's got it's like someone's handing him a different script and saying this is a comedy, and everyone else is That's trying it. is trying to tell an actual story, uh, and that, he's thought no, this is a comedy. That was that was the vibe I got from the trailer of it, though. Like, it felt like it was a Ryan Murphy show. Yep. Hundred percent. Let's go that feel to it. Yeah. Oh, it does um, actually have that feel to it. Oh, hundred percent. Right, okay. If you'd said to me, Ryan Murphy produced the Rotless, I believe you. Ryan okay. Murphy. He uh, does American Horror Story. Yeah. You ever see those memes where it's this picture of this? Uh, it's an amazing picture of a horse, and then it, it's it, 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 That's what folks like. Every Ryan Murphy produced show starts off well. Yeah. Ends up fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy Ryan Murphy shows. Because of that, like, well, do you um, know what else has he done? Do you not find though that that's um, like most American shows are that way? Where like they start off, it's like the first two seasons are fucking amazing, and then like they just keep making them long after they should have done, and just they always yeah. end up shit. I think the, the difference between Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story is because American Horror Story, there's no up until a certain point they don't tie it as part of the universe. It's always right. Murder House is the first one. The second one's Asylum. It's almost like a theatre of actors, but they're all doing different, a different story with different things. But Ryan Murphy's thing, it comes across as so network television and kind of cheap that you're just like, and he's so concerned with oh, everyone it's, amazingly. Yeah, it's, it's really schlocky. Yes, campy. Yeah, campy is a good word for it. The other thing he did, which I actually rewatched, was he did a series called Feud, and it was about Feud is good. the feud mm-hmm. about between Bette Davis and Joan Crawford, uh, which again is a Ryan Murphy show, but it came across a lot more—I don't want to say the word mature, but a lot more focused. See, Ratchet was supposed to be kind of that as well, but that was dreadful. I had, had as much as um, I enjoy the works of um, shit. I was about to say, I can't remember her name now. Uh, she is great, but I had no... Who are you talking about? I had no, Sarah Paulson. I did not want to watch that show. It's not good. It's really not good. The first episode's alright, but then it goes off a cliff. Yeah. Sarah Paulson's in like... Um, you just you know her. Did you remember the... Um, I mean, is she not also American Horror Story? Yeah, yeah but she's in like every right. American Horror Story. She's also... She was in um, that rubbish thing, Shyamalan. Shyamalan did die, where it was the. Um, you could have to make a crossover movie before the. Uh, well oh, and, uh, was it just called Glass? Yes. Glass, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Samuel Jackson. Right. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't good. It it could have been good, but it wasn't good. Not as but actually the worst film I've seen this year is still M Night Shyamalan's old. 
That is that fucking... Is was that this year? Yeah, this, this, it's oh, absolutely made to America, do you think? It's just because of the amount of lockdowns we were in. Yeah, we were yes. allowed to go here or London. No concept of time Old, yeah. I think, was one of the first films I'd seen when we were allowed out to do shit again. It was everyone was relatively alright. And fuck me, that was a waste of time. How many films have I seen this? Well, since I got out of pass. Quite a bit. Do you see me have kind of been taken advantage of it? I'm trying. Like, you and I went on the house of Gucci. And how, when, when did you get it? Uh, August. August, that's good going. Because, right, right? yeah, we, we went and watched uh, Come On, Come On, and uh, I thought that was good. Um, okay, Danny, what is Come On, Come On? Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's a film about a couple who have a kid, and the dad is having severe mental issues and has to go basically into kind of some sort of self help or asylum take place, and the mum can't cope with the kid. So she asks her brother to become almost a surrogate father. That's the kind of plot of the film. Who's in it? Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, um, I don't know anybody else is in it. Right. Right. Uh, it could be anybody else is in it. Is Joaquin Phoenix a surrogate father? Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. But the kid is amazing, the actor who played the kid. The, the two there were fucking great. Uh, it's black and white, I don't know how much of a difference that makes. Yeah, it's got a very kind of melancholic feel to it but I was going to say like, is it as dour as it sounds from the no, 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 it's not it's dour not there's some dour. bits where it's proper uplifting because like both Joaquin Phoenix and the kid kind of go through this having having to spend time with together kind of go through this transformation because Joaquin Phoenix interviews people for a, a living and does it for a podcast yeah. or it's his, job. it's his job and it's a lot, a lot of the people who interviews are, are young people yeah also does a backstory Joaquin Phoenix has got like a, a bad breakup and it's kind of hinted that he's He's maybe had a kid that, I don't is that right? He's mm. maybe had a kid that died? Oh, uh, that sounds familiar. Uh, he's got a lot of issues, mental issues as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's almost as much of a journey for him as it is for like... But it's kind kid. of, yeah, it's not over the top, it's very played down. And it's very, no, it's yeah. pretty much a road movie. Uh, but it's because they're not from the kid has to go level with Wacky Phoenix. Aye, but Wacky Phoenix has to so travel. Wait, what's the mum doing this whole thing? She's trying to help the father. Because the, the, the father's so an addict, I think he is, is he? He's, no, know, he's not. He's, he's, he's just no, you're he's right. got schizophrenia. Yeah, or that's it. Like that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's kind of heavy in points, but really uplifting in other parts. <laughs> uh, it's, it's engaging the entire way through, man. It's like. Mm. It's absolutely what I don't watch. Did you know also go to watch like some kind of French film and do it at the same time? I went to see that and maybe I came in the middle. It was called Petite Maman. Was it any good? Uh, I was alright. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Uh, I remember listening to a Mail and Kermode podcast. <laughs> that was out in, in Big Kermode. thought it was one of the best films you've ever seen. So that immediately meant I wasn't going to like it as much. Because I think when people build it up, that's it, well, we must find that right. Like, yeah, of course you do. Uh, it was entertaining, it was, it was enjoyable enough for a wee game of effort. Uh, it's a French film, and it was about a woman who. So, so it was a young girl who. It's an, it's an animated film, isn't it? No. Is it not? No, no, it's oh. not. It's by. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a female director. Yeah, she means that. There was the lesbian film. It was quite big, the French lesbian film. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the warmest colour. No, no. Because that was the. That was the Playboy guy, was it not? No. What was that name in that film? Upstream Colours. What was the fucking name? Upstream Colours, the primary yeah. guy. Yeah. The, the girl, the, the film starts out with a girl 
Before he visited her grandmother in a kind of nursing home where I think one day she came down and my grandmother had, had died <coughs> and it's about the relationship between the girl, her mother and her father and they go, I'm not sure if it's to go to an old house, they go, I think they go to the mother's old house because they inherit the house and then in the woods they meet, uh, the young girl meets another young girl and she it kind of, it's kind of like a supernatural, there's a supernatural element to it, I don't want to say too much more. No, 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 she's been living in tunnels underneath America. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, she says, the younger, the younger girl that, that she meets says, do you want to come here for some chips? And she goes, I like chips. And uh, she goes, oh, come on, let's have chips. And it's actually pancakes, but uh, it transpires that there's a kind of supernatural, spiritual connection between, between them and the Andy Grandmother who had died at the start of the film. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to kind of expand on that because it, it might detract from the journey of it, but it was, it was good, it was entertaining, for sure. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, it's definitely like if it comes up on the Netflix or whatever, I would definitely check it out. Sure. I, like, I like the idea of going to see a film. It's, I always kind of look at running things in films. It's just, it's just a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for practical reasons as much as anything else, but whenever I see something well, that's like <laughs> 86 minutes or 90 minutes, I'm like, I will... Hold on, hold on, man. Have we spoken about Venom in this podcast? We've spoken about it in the last one, yeah. I was going to say, Daddy, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember you were saying, Do you want to go watch House of Gucci? You're like, It's Gerardo! I was meeting people in town for a coffee and it was like a Saturday afternoon or something. Uh, something like that. It was midday and then I was like, I want to see that film in town. One of the things that always kind of, one of the instructions for me going to the cinema is, Can I be bothered leaving the house and getting to the cinema? And I was already in town, so I thought, I'll go and see something. And I was like, hey, what are you guys? I've heard a few things, I'll go and see that. And then I messaged Tom, you see, why am I go see Gucci, mate? And he's like, do it all for him, man, it's your friend. <laughs> oh, is it? Hey, cool. You want to come see it, I know, I was like, <laughs> fuck me, it's like, uh, it was like two and a half, three hours. You're like, oh, was it? Uh, so I messaged Paco, and I remember Paco's reply with someone, dude. It's been a fucking long, long walk, long walk. <laughs> and I'm over to see a four-year Ridley Scott effort. I found out it's a mess of the moon, really. <laughs> uh, this is the last episode where I extolled the virtues of a 90-minute film, and mm-hmm. that it's, I wish more films were now 90 minutes. But like, Venom was like an hour and a half long, but it, to, to me it felt way longer because it was complete dog shit. Really? Like it fucking just I think you, you, you had said something was like 86 I, minutes long, and I was surprised given <clears> that that's a, that's a superhero yeah, film, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. I, I had fun watching it. I was gubbed watching it, but I still had fun. Okay. It was trash. Um, you were saying about like Netflix and that, and I watched um, Don't Look Up. It's got like everybody in it. It's directed by Adam McKay. Decap. Uh, it's got Decap, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, <coughs> uh, Mark Rylance. Uh, fuck, who does it not have? And honestly, it feels like everybody's in it. Um, it's not a bad thing, um, but yeah, it's kind of Adam McKay's kind of new satirical kind of drama. And it's about how uh, Decap and uh, J- Jennifer Lawrence kind of they play as astronomers and that, and looking up the t- they're looking up with a telescope and they notice a comet is headed for Earth, and they need to tell people about it and they go to talk to the president, played by Meryl Streep, but nobody's really taking them seriously, so it's a case of then right you're not going to take it seriously, we're going to leave it. But it's, it's not even so much that they're not making it taking it seriously. It's like they're still it's not trying a to. 
they're still trying to fucking put some kind of publicity spin in it. Like it, well, as, if, as if it's not going to be like a fucking world-ending event. No, it's not even that they, they say we're just sit tight and uh, assess <coughs> the situation. And it's only when Meryl Streep is caught up in a bit of a scandal, they choose to get back involved because it will spin it away from the scandal that she's involved is in. Is it an allegory for COVID? No, but I can understand where you come from with that one. Uh, it feels like the the Dustin Hoffman Daniel film Wag the Dog, which oh, was about... Okay. It was about spinsters in Hollywood. Uh, have you, Spin, Danny, have you seen that? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty much uh, what it's about is uh, De Niro is a spin doctor and the president has been involved in a scandal where he is, and again, it's during the Clinton era, so it's about, oh, he allegedly maybe touched uh, or had an affair with one of his uh, inter- interns. So quickly, they need to put a spin in this because there's a re-election <coughs> there. So D- Dustin Hoffman's brought in and they're like, right, what's the facts, right? This is what we need to do. And they basically, you go, you go, sorry, De Niro's brought in, and then he goes to Dustin Hoffman as a Hollywood producer, and they basically tell the world that America is going to go to war with Albania. And it's not a real war, even though they film war scenes and they're telling the papers, these heroes are going to do everything. And basically, Dustin Hoffman is there to produce a fake war. And then they have to spin this to the American public. But... Whilst that's happening, the president's um, uh, his the, the person that's running against him starts questioning this war, and then they then have to spin even more of that. So, uh, don't look up is like a combination of that and Doctor Strange Love. The people making it think they're making a better movie than what they are. I don't think it's a bad film. See, I think it's messy. I I've heard of, like a lot of people say they're really disliked and stuff. But then I've seen other people saying that that's kind of the point is that you're not supposed to like it because yeah. it's supposed to kind of hit a bit too close to how the fucking idiots in charge of dealing with shit. Yeah, the thing about it is that I, the strength that they have in it is even though that's the kind of plot, it's more a social commentary on how um, greed, capitalism and social media influence the modern world because that's what it ends up being because it's like, you know, things change throughout the film where it is about greed and capitalism and a lot of things are measured on how many likes you got or how, or, or if you're trending or not and like decap goes through this whole character arc of he's not really well liked then he is and blah 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 i don't want to say anything but there's basically that's what it's about is about how the modern world are so obsessed with like what's trending what's a conspiracy as opposed to just being like this is actually happening why aren't you fucking paying attention kind of thing. A lot of the commentary that I've seen has said that one of its main main kind of problems is that although that is what it's trying to say, mm-hmm. that it's very heavy handed and what and the way it goes about it to yeah. the point where that detracts from it. It's heavy handed in that respect but like Decap gets a couple of monologues where you know for a fact he read that and he's like because he's in the same yeah. environment and all that, he it really speaks to him in that respect. Yeah. Um but it, it doesn't piece together or it doesn't go it's I as I said it's kind of messy and it, not everything pieces well or marries well with it right. the humor and the drama sometimes are good I think Jonah Hill again Adam McKay is known for just like ad-libbing like you know he's that like you know like Talladega Nights Anchorman sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't Anchorman 2 is a prime example of it not working and I think some of the problem is the comedic actors like Jonah Hill ad-libs far too much right. where you're like you need to rein this in a wee bit 
because uh, that's the gold, mate. That's, that's where the gold magic happens. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like there's times where it's funny. There's times where you're like that doesn't make sense given the way you've treated that person. And there's just loads of times where I'm like, yeah, it's you have to kind of address this, but you've conveniently came back to it in a way where it feels either rushed or not well paced. So I didn't hate it. Um, there's a really funny end credit scene. Uh, I, I, I said I won't say anything. It's not a Marvel film or anything like that, but it was it was worth it. And it's it's not great, but it was fine. But it was just fine. Oh. But they 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 uh, the abs everyone involved absolutely believes they're making <laughs> like Adam McKay important work. Yeah, Adam McKay made the Big Short. If you watch that, that is an important film. It's a very well made film, as is Vice. This is not really to the same standard in my opinion. Okay. Talking about Netflix. Paco. Jojo's. Both of us have watched some particularly good Netflix recently. I was gonna say when like we've got like a lot of ground to cover, but like we are also in quite a small enclosed room and it feels like a fucking sauna. <laughs> like if we're in here for any more than like an hour forty minutes I will probably pass out. <laughs> like hey, no one wants to hear us talk about anime. There's never been anything to indicate oh, that they do. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure season six came out. Yeah, season six. We both think it's fucking great. Yeah, get on that. Get it's, watched. If you like the other Jojo series, you will like this one because it is the same fucking just shouty nonsense with like amazing visuals that all the other ones have got. Also, I don't really think it kind of warrants having like a huge discussion about, but like the whole series of Hawkeye came out oh, yeah. since the last time I was in the show. I watched that, also think it was really good. Probably one of the, the best. I'm saying like, uh, Loki's my favourite one so far. I, I had that conversation with Tommy earlier and I said Loki was still the better one. Uh, but yeah, Hawkeye's up there. It's fun. It's just yeah. like every single episode is just kind of fun to watch. It's mm-hmm. good. And uh, the last scene that plays Kate Bishop, like, um, She's like constantly got like a really weird facial expression, but like she does a decent job. Yeah. Uh, the she, she ruined Pitch Perfect too. Right, okay. Where else is she there? Bumblebee. Why the hell I think that may be from that. Yeah. Maybe from that. Yeah. Okay. It's in Dickinson as well. She ruined Pitch Perfect too. Yeah. Why? Uh, right, okay. Pitch Perfect one. Sorry, Paco. Sorry. <laughs> Pitch Perfect one's a. Uh, is a really good film. Pitch Perfect 2 introduces Haley Seinfeld's character as a legacy bargain bailer and the film essentially revolves around her as opposed to the cast from the because that, that was the choice it ruined or is she not strong enough to carry it? She's not strong, she's not strong enough to carry it. The character's not very good. Uh, it's not... It's, to be fair, Pitch Perfect 2 is was never going to be as good as the first one. Um, we talk about Ellie Stanfield. Yeah. Sorry, I left the room very briefly. Um, <laughs> Tommy, Hawkeye, your thoughts? Um, it's my it's my favourite of the Marvel TV series. Right, well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neil. Sorry. Right. Me and Neil have talked about his how he doesn't. Hayley Steinfeld hurt uh, that film Pitch Perfect too. Hurt his feelings by the time? Uh, yeah, but to be fair... It was just a big disappointment. I don't know. But I actually think she and Renner are perfect together in this. She, yeah, she's good, she's good in that. I but I agree with you, she always has this weird look in her face. Uh, and it's kind of annoying. And then... Um, also, we should be arrested for feeding that dog all that pizza. Yeah, yeah well, he, he was particularly disgusted by that. 
It was like, oh, that's your gimmick. They're gonna feed the dog pizza, and you're like, oh, I'm pretty that's sure that's, that's why he's called Lucky the Pizza Dog. No, pretty no, sure no, that's no, not. I mean, there's, the there's one thing about that character. I mean, like, fair enough. I don't know if they actually fed the dog pizza in the real world, but like, even just depicting just a dog eating nothing but pizza, like, for, what are you fucking doing, man? It's not right. We we know a person who who I like this feed feed some dogs on the alcoholic basis on a regular basis. Okay. Well, well, we shouldn't yeah. name names, man. The RSPCA yeah. in the old room, or all, all of them, none of them that listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, fucking absolutely. Go for, <laughs> Go for it. I'm happy to talk about this. So this one, like, I think before it came out. You guys both seemed pretty down on the trailers and stuff. No, I thought, the trail, I, I thought the trailer was fine. It's just nobody asked for this film. Nobody wanted yeah, this that, film. Yeah, that was my opinion of it. That I thought the trailers looked fine. It looked like it was going for that Stranger Things kind of vibe. I just I expected it to just be a kind of not cheap, but that slightly shitty just a extension. Slightly extension. And I feel kind of justified in that feeling because of what we got before it and just how long it's been but frankly it was one of the best experiences i've had in the cinema i I mean i had i had a shitty cinema experience going to see it because it was like a couple there were two rows behind us that just were talking constantly and then when i eventually asked them to stop talking the woman was like oh sorry the guy went no and then continued talking I was like, what the fuck? Like, actually, why the fuck do you come to the fucking yeah. cinema to just sit and gab? Cunt. <laughs> but even that aside, because, you know, like, even after something as minor as that, like, for a wee while, like, ten minutes after that, I was, like, sitting there kind of fucking raging. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, even then, it's like, that, that movie's fun. I think, like, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It, like... Sets a really good precedent for where the franchise could go f- going forward and stuff. It sets up the the kids is a really good kind of a what's it, like heirs to the yeah. to the kind of franchise. But like I do think that it kind of stumbles a bit in the third act where it relies way too heavily on fan service that just didn't need to be there. I think like, yeah, there's, that was my that was my thing about it. Is there is a lot of fan service. Uh, I think my my message to you after seeing it the first time was I rolled my I rolled my eyes twice and then at one point I actually went, Oh fuck we're doing this. Uh, and that was it though. I think like, the rest uh, of the fan service was kind all, of palatable. All, all of the kind of movie strengths are when it's kind of just doing its own thing. It feels like a continuation of what came yeah. before it and that's really cool. Like but even then in the earlier parts there's still loads of fan service but it's all like shit that's in the background they don't draw attention to yeah. like when they first go into Egon's house there's like a bunch of books that are stacked uh, mm-hmm. horizontally rather than vertically and like that's a callback to Ghostbusters 1 in the library and stuff like that but like there's loads of that kind of skirts through it it's kind of all in the background but like when it gets to the, the later half of the film like the it's in the trailers this isn't like a small about the Stay Puft Marshmallow uh, things did not need to be there at all could have been its own thing yeah, okay. I, I agree with you that, but that, but that, that didn't annoy me. It was, it was the appearance of the original three, which I yeah, went, oh no. Which again, like knew it was coming because they they kind of they do a 
foreshadow it yeah. quite heavily. Do you mean but the original Ghostbusters? Uh, like uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not lying on it. Yeah, if I was writing that script, like I think I would have had them in the movie a lot earlier uh, and had them out hand, of the movie yeah, again. Hand, hand so but overall, though, I would, like, I would have maybe have had like a, an Egon funeral or something like that, and then you had yeah. to pass a torch that way. Just kind of show that they're kind of not the ones that have to deal with this anymore, yeah. or not the ones that are in the position to deal with it anymore. I, overall, though, like, I don't think it detracted from the movie. Like, I think no. like, it, was, it was a really fun film. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I think, I think it helped that the, the main kind of child actors filmed Finn Wolfhard, and I can't remember what the name the, I can't remember the name of the the real last year. She was great, but she was great. Like, like see, see if they'd been weak actors, I'd probably be the follower a wee bit. But the, they, they, they managed to carry it. The the movie kind of lives of eyes on her performance specifically yeah. as well. Like she is the main character. Like what she can't be like more than like twelve or thirteen years old, mm-hmm. right? She looks like really young, but every scene she's in, she just does an absolute perfect job of like being endearing and like kind of yeah. coming across as like smart and interested in what's going on and stuff and the, the, the whole kind of a kind of story threads where she's unraveling this mystery about her grandparent that she's not really kind of heard much about because he's estranged from the family well her brother is like more just kind of living like a, a kind of michael from lost boys style moving to a new town and having to be a teenager a uh, kind of story like the, the way that comes together as well like it's, it's done quite kind of organically it's it's a good movie, man. It's, it's really fun. It's worth watching. Especially, like... I mean, I, I do like Ghostbusters 1 and 2 a lot. So, that's obviously going to colour my opinion on it a bit yeah. and stuff. But uh, I think that you could not have seen those films and still enjoy Oh, it. yeah. It's, I think it's a very accessible film for new fans. Yeah. Which it, it had to be, uh, given the direction it went in. But, uh, and, as you say, like, it leaves kind of two avenues in which you can go with that franchise like you can go with the kids bit or there's a bit at the end with uh, Winston, Winston. Uh, I mean like, don't, like yeah I, but there's uh, there's options but, yeah. but that, like the, the whole kind of build up to everything just kind of fitting into place where it kind of becomes them actually hunting down a ghost yeah. for the first time through town I thought that scene in particular was just absolutely fucking great like I had a huge smile on my face mm-hmm. like that that whole kind of time because it just felt Good to feel, yeah. you know, like what what you'd want from one of these films. Tommy, you have said not much about it, but I think you actually liked it most out of the years. I was just waiting to use talk, and I felt like I was talking quite a lot. Um, it's not, it's not, in my opinion, my favourite movie of this year has been June. Uh, sorry, my, the best movie of this year has been June. My favourite movie this year is Ghostbusters Afterlife. I was pleasantly surprised. The trailer was fine. I quite like the fact that it was Ivan Reitman's son, so there's a kind of there's there's a there's a you know he was he was there on set with his dad whilst this was all going on, and he's he's kind of the director by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so you've got all this. It's like right, yep, this is fine, but we nobody fucking asked for the sequel. This feels like it's a thirty-year franchise, and we're just gonna rebrand it. And part of me is like, I will go watch this, but I don't expect anything from it. And what I got is the first time in ages where I left the film and I immediately almost was about to go watch it again. I was smiling from ear to ear. I even tears were running down my eyes at so many points. And it's a it's a reboot that nobody asked for, but 
everybody that tries to reboot a franchise, as I said in my thing on... Uh, Arguably the direct sequel. Well, yeah, but like the, what I mean is, it's one of those efforts where you're like, right, we're gonna intru- we're gonna reintroduce a brand to use, and it's gotta be accessible for new for a new audience without patronising the, the old audience. And so many times that film, don't get me wrong, the nostalgia can blind people. Where a lot of folk watched Jurassic World and thought it was great, but then you're like, what do you like about it? Oh, I just love Jurassic Park. But I was like, what do you like about this film? And they couldn't tell you. It was just. I like dinosaurs and I thought it was fun. I was like, see, do you watch Ghostbusters Afterlife? It reminds you about what you really enjoyed as a Ghostbusters as a kid. And if you're a kid nowadays, like with Pac, when you were talking about Neil, the, 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 the new cast are so likable and so kind of adorable and relatable and you want to see them be, uh, be successful. You're kind of rooting for them. There's not really an arsehole amongst them. Paul Rudd is always charming See, this, as fuck. This is another thing I was going to say. Though. Like, I think in the first half of the movie, like Paul Rudd does like a great job of just being like charismatic and Paul Rudd-like. Mm. But in the kind of second half, when a lot of stuff's happened and he's still acting like exactly the same, yeah, that that didn't really work. There, like, there's um, a couple of times, like, there's a couple of times where this film does almost become a soft reboot. Not almost. I don't want to say anything because I don't want anything spoiled, but there's a lot of things that happen that harken back to the first movie. Um, and I think, I know what you mean by that. There was some fan service that was kind of irritating, but I'll, I was just having such a fucking ball, I didn't care. Whereas a lot of times I would be rolling my fucking eyes, like, we didn't need that, why is that happening? But I was too busy fucking smiling from ear to ear. The first time they used the proton pack again, yeah, yep, uh-huh. I remember you saying this as well, the first ghost that they chase is just a wee bit more. You oh, could have oh. done something different with that, but again, I didn't care. I like, as soon as they get, but, as soon as they get out of the the warehouse where they're trying to find Muncher, and they get into Ecto One, and you see Ecto One like cruising about for the first time, which is like, that also something smiling for me. Something here, insanely like, cool about having a gunner seat on that. Yeah, yeah. and it just everything about it was just I again, I thought it, it was just everything I. I didn't expect it to be so good, and it kind of, it was like when I watched Blade Runner 2049, I didn't ask for that film, but fuck me, what I got was like, just one of the greatest cinema experiences. Much much like Blade Runner 2049, Afterlife, it respects the lore of where it comes from, and it doesn't shit on it in any way. It feels like a Ghostbusters movie, it doesn't feel like a cheap remake of a Ghostbusters movie, it sits quite well in a lore explores a lot without it repeats a wee bit more but again i just i didn't care because i oh, really also, enjoyed it then like not to just fucking beat a dead horse with this shit because i'm sure i've kind of brought this up a bunch of things man but there's like so many other franchises i see so like there's one specific one being star wars i can think of right now where when last jedi came out it felt like it was a fucking attack on the old fan base it was like you're a dick for having liked this 20 years ago However, it was like Ghostbusters is not that at all, man. And they, mean, Blade Runner wasn't that either. Do you mean it's like the no. ones that kind of you can tell that the people involved in it were actually kind of passionate about it and wanted to do right by the people who liked it well, all years ago? Whereas like Last Jedi was like a total even before, slap to the fucking face. Even for, before Blade Runner twenty forty nine, when that happened, when that film happened, I'm kind of with you now. Denny Villeneuve should just direct every movie. <laughs> Honestly, the man certainly with June as well shows passion and respect for the source material and respects the audience. It's not just, again, I used this word earlier, a total bean counter sequel where it's like, how much money can we make? It's like, no, with Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's like, 
you, you're a, you as an audience, especially nowadays with things like COVID and that, Ghostbusters and Spider-Man are films where you just sit and have total escapism and enjoy life because it's a bit shite just now. And I think Ghostbusters, that's why it's probably my my favourite movie of the year. I mean, like, aside from like obviously being attached to the Ghostbusters brand that was like around from the 80s and stuff, the movie also has like just a really good 80s vibe in general. As I said before, it's like... Yeah. The, the older brother's kind of storyline is very much... And he's like, in Stranger Things, which has uh, that whole... But it's, like, his one is very much like the Lost Boys uh, oh, style yeah, yeah. story. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when the Steve Puff marshmallow bit happens, as much as I think that like, it could have been something different, it'd still have been, like, mm-hmm. probably even better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very much like a Gremlins part of the movie. Like, it feels like it wants oh, yeah. to be, like, all those kind of things from, from that era. Yeah. Um, but I just... I'd, all in all, man, I was just so surprised and maybe maybe even since Blade Runner 2049 I don't I can't remember the last time I was so surprised at a film that I really didn't know how I was going to feel about because of where it came from but being a 36 year old adult now made me feel like a kid watching that if I was a kid watching Ghostbusters Afterlife I'd be fucking having such a ball and that's hey, what, that's what those films should be doing quick point you kind of brought up Dennis Villeneuve again as well with yeah. His, one of his next projects is supposed to be Rendezvous with Rama, which is an Arthur C. Clarke book. Sorry, that is a fucking excellent novel, and knowing that he's attached to that man, like that's again, cannot wait until that gets made. Oh, just the fucking anything he does, anything. See, this I don't know. See, it's like oh man, Denny Villeneuve's doing the new Powerpuff Girls movie. I'm like I've never watched Powerpuff Girls, I watch but I would watch. Sh- I would watch film. a share of that because that man, yeah. I trust that man with my life. Toby man, even Denny Villeneuve aside. You should watch what Powerpuff Girls has already been made because it is actually yeah, really it's good. a good show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like Danny's like smiling as if I'm saying something stupid here, but it's fucking great. No, I used to have to watch that with my sister. Have to? They watched it of their free will. Yes, that's <laughs> It's brilliant, and it's also like the pe- the person who made Powerpuff Girls is the one who made a uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Which oh, is well, I'm definitely going to which, watch which is why, which is why I'm afraid to watch that because I think I'll probably like it, but I don't want to be you a like pony. Of course, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, a good show, some, some, that, good, some good lessons. For that sense of humour is fucking pals. great. I do not want to be a brony. I will not watch that show. What's better, Neil? That or the was it the sleep? The one with the anime where the oh, Life Band Camp is one of the best animes I've ever watched, mate. Which I find amazing as well because you hate camping. Oh yeah, fuck the outdoors. But it's just about it's, <laughs> a, it's just about pals going camping. I just want to watch pals going being pals. Yeah. All they do is they go, they go cycle up to Mount Fuji, set a wee campsite, cook some food, and be pals. What's not to like? Let, what, let me what, let what me blow you your mind, Paco. Various things. Curry. What if? Ramen. Actually, I say what if. I yeah, actually. They're out there having like a side conversation. Oh, no, sorry. About what kind of food they make. Right. No, I was just. I was going to say that. Like, yeah, get way back, Cameron. Were you. Never never watched Danny, were you hoping back. that they made fried potatoes? Fried potatoes? They probably, they probably do at some point. Um, I was going to say, can you imagine tomorrow? It's like Denny Deal who's like, I'm going to announce my next project. Sorry, I'm, the Hedgehog. I'm going to do the live action Attack on Titan. <laughs> Great, but like uh, for some reason, like the, <laughs> what I would love to hear him attached to, uh, which I think Ridley Scott has been talking about for a while, man, 
Like, see if it was like Dave on you is making stars my destination. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, oh. That's Tiger Tiger. Right? Tiger Tiger. Yeah. That's a fucking great book. Yeah, it's very good. But they've been talking about that for ages. I mean, like, seems like that Ridley Scott was the one attached to that, though, right? Like, oh, probably. Fuck. He's just, he, like, me and Lee, Lee, Lee McPherson, a uh, fan and friend of the podcast. Even though I know you listen to it anyway. <laughs> He's our friend. He was saying that he says, yeah, Ridley Scott's just a workhorse now. Because the funny thing is, out of. House of Gucci and The Last Jewel, I was expecting Last Jewel to be the worst, and The Last Jewel flopped like fuck, but it was actually a really interesting movie. But, yeah, so, no, I, I, Ridley Scott says he's going to do a lot of things. I mean, I don't think he's going to direct the Blade Runner TV series, but he'll be somewhere, you know what I mean? Oh, that's something else as well. Man, we watched uh, quite a big bit of Black Lotus. Which is yeah. the, the Blade Runner animated TV show. But again, I don't want to talk about anime because it wasn't fair. You just didn't get a really yeah, good conversation. I, anime. Anime. I mean, that's Blade Runner, though. It's like way more kind of mainstream. I can really spend like, loads of time in it, but like the animation is fucking terrible. Like, the looks, character animation. It looks like a PS1 cutscene. The, the character <laughs> animation. I'm not going to watch that show. The character animation is bad, but the actual. The environmental, the environmental shit and the spinners, everyone looks good. It's just. Yeah, but, but the, the actual storyline is really good. It sits very nicely in the canon of. Uh, what, what did you watch this one? Crunchyroll. Been using new login details. But I think you can use. I'm pretty sure more four have got it because, like, when we were watching it, you don't get the the English dub. Uh, it's or just the Japanese. Japanese. Whereas the English dub, uh, Brian Cox, um, plays Neanderthal senior, and. Wes Borland. Oh, the guy that does the universe. That's exactly no. <laughs> you mean Dundee the, Brian the, Cox. The, the keyboard on a DV? Yeah. Uh, Dundee <laughs> Cox. The Cox of Dundee. But like, we, we, like the, the first episode, I think both Canada of us. Sit. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> both of us weren't like too kind of enamored with it after like the first episode. But like, as it goes on, man, it's actually quite a good story. It's, it's a good man. Blade Runner story. Because it's like, it's taken from the point of view. I mean, like we know it's a replicant from the start, right? But it's like there's, well, like, there's some mystery about it, but you kind of know. But hey, it's a total revenge story. It's about like one of the robots who's been treated really fucking badly, just going on a Kill Bill esque. I've got a fucking list of names, and I'm going to collect heads. Hey, but it's it's got more to it than that. It's, it's yeah, really... it basically start. It, I say it starts off. Um, there's what's called a doll hunt where these powerful people basically get these uh, replicants and go try and shoot them as if it was fox hunting. Right. And because of that, one of them gets away. She survives. And is like, I'm about to take some fucking names with this samurai sword. So it's Fox Target? No, no, it's not Hurt. Why are you going, no, as if that's a bad thing? Hurt Target's a fucking bell. At what me? point is there a doll hunt in Hurt Target? Hurt Target is about rich people hunting the poor for sport. Well, I in that respect, there's that bit. But then where does Van Damme go into it? He then hunts the rich people because they've been killed in the poor. Mm. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, actually. Right, so it's hard target. Thank you very much. Yeah, so you want to watch it, right? Case. Well, you want to watch it, right? I don't know, because Hard Target 2, come on, if I can Netflix and all that. Well, you'd rather watch that than... I'm not going to watch that film. No, that looked terrible. We don't have what to is it? Especially if you like the... The animation's bad though. I find it hard. Like the, the, the actual Star Wars Rebels, does it not like Star Wars animated shows you watch? You like the animation's terrible, but the story's great. The Clone Wars, this, the animation starts off bad, 
and then it gets a lot better uh, after about half, about midway into season two because they start getting a bigger budget. But also, I learned that the reason that the animation is kind of jerky in the way that it is, is because George Lucas wanted it to look like Thunderbirds. So yeah. I wanted it to look like it was actually marionettes. Yeah, when I watched the Clone Wars film, and it's like, Lucas chose this, I'm like, somebody needs to fucking lock him out the fucking edit room. Well, see, see the animation in the Clone Wars film? Mm. That is not as good as the animation come season three of the actual TV series. Sure. But that's a good three seasons you have to see, spend. Uh, there's like. a lot. There's a lot of decent story though. See, look, we, we, just we should probably remember okay. this pretty fast, though, man. Look, Daniel looks like he's getting bored. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but the environmental stuff is that as Tommy said does look really good. It's the character models don't look great, right. but. The way they move is still good though. Like whenever there's like a big sequence of that, it's like really well choreographed. Okay. Uh, it's definitely, definitely worth the time. A fight scene, a, a, a thing that has fight scenes that are not well choreographed and messy as fuck. Is See before you start that one. Yeah. Danny, you watch anything else you can watch? Spiderman. Uh, Spiderman, yes. Um, you guys talked about the Freddy's Dispatch. Yeah. Nah, we talked about. I watched. Well, I I talked about it. Not on your behalf, but you know. <laughs> as like Danny agrees with every hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a big Marvel guy though, so I'm probably not the best place to talk about something like Spider-Man. I don't know, I know that's actually a good right. position then. As a non-Marvel man, you watch this film that is the third of a trilogy. How Which also harkens back to like two separate franchises. Right, well, I've seen pretty much every Marvel film once. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Except any Tom Holland Spider-Man film before this. Okay. And I had a good time watching it. Yep. And that would be my overall review of the film. I enjoyed watching it. And I think for people who are big into it, I get I think they would get a lot more out of it than someone who isn't. Yeah. But that didn't detract from you enjoyment of the film. Yeah. Has this made you want, want to, to see the... Absolutely not. No. no. I it's, I'm not a Marvel guy, man. Did you watch like, uh, have you seen Into the Spider Verse? Is that the animated one? Yeah. That is the best Spider-Man film. That is by far the best Spider-Man film. I just... This one is possibly the second. I just think... I just think I'm over Marvel. I just think I'm... I'm just... I've watched them all... Apart from... from Well, we detox off the Marvel. Just... I've watched them all at once, but but I'm just done with it. Like, it's just... Complete overload. No, I agree, man. I still haven't seen seen Shang-Chi. I will watch it, but I was at that point where I'm like... In terms of Marvel... I just don't want to watch anything. I didn't watch that or the Turtles, and usually I wouldn't miss a Marvel film. But with Spider Man, I was like, no, this is different. See, I'm at that point where I'm sure I've said it a bunch of times before, but like I've never really found most of the Marvel films to be particularly great. Like I think they're yeah. all just they're all just alright, but like they're so easy to watch that yeah. you know if I've just like finished a shift at work. And like the, the times happen to line up. Like I'll happily fucking spend an hour and a half just sitting watching a Marvel film because it's like, yeah, it's inoffensive. It's just it's just there, yeah. or or it's actually good. Like you know, like sometimes you get like a a Spider-Man Far From Home or a Winter Soldier or just something like that. It's like genuinely entertaining. Uh, Is that the penny just dropped? No, <laughs> <laughs> no but well, yeah, I agree with you, man. And even as like not a Spider-Man, like I am a Spider-Man fan, obviously, but this film in my opinion, without giving too much away, does really well in making a lot of things relevant that were perhaps not taken very well at the time. Yeah, it, it, as got, well as, it goes a long way to redeem 
Yeah. Certainly a lot of the Andrew Garfield stuff. Yeah, and the other thing that's pretty good about it, and I thought this was good when Tom Holland is uh, introduced to Spider-Man, is again it didn't treat the audience like idiots. Whereas like, listen, mate, he got bit by a spider, right? Probably that's probably why Spider-Man. This film almost feels like this is his. Uh, this is his early story arc because of you kind of get by the end of it a new chapter of his life but it's almost like the beginning of which him is, which being Spider-Man which is kind of crazy considering this is like technically the sixth film correct it? well it's, it's Tom Holland's third well fourth no because he was in Spider-Man. Civil War mm-hmm. Endgame Infinity War a yeah, 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 his, yeah, two, right, okay. his two Spider-Man yeah. films being this. Yeah, but this I, is the sixth but, time he's going to speak. This is the third and final one of his kind of the, the whole arc. trilogy. Yeah. Whereas I was like, man, this is almost like this is almost like a character origin story by the end of it, given everything that happens and how it mirrors with different uh, other different Spider-Man films and universes. But I was, and again. It was really refreshing to see, I'll call it course correction for certain things, where I was like, that looks really cool, and he's in the trailer, but everything that happens to Doc Ock was yeah. really refreshing. I'll, I'll say Molina's, I think, is the best thing in that film. I would agree. Definitely. Also, Willem Dafoe is really fucking good. Yeah, Dafoe's brilliant in it as well. Like um, he's, he's better in this than he was in the original Spider-Man. Yeah. See, yeah, the other thing about this film is what you expect to be cameos, and you're like, this could be overkill. It really isn't. Everything yeah, fits it's, really it's, well. Not even just them. like with the. I mean, there's like what five villains, and then three protagonists. It's because yeah. like all the other shit that's going on, and it's not like a fucking jumbled mess. Like a, no. yeah. And it could it could easily have been, but I was like, man. Yeah, it could easily have went down the road that Spider-Man three. Yeah, they, they juggled. These pieces very well, very well, and I'm like, man, I will go watch. Well, I hope to go watch it again. You know, fucking shit's getting real with Omicron and all that, but still, uh, that was a fucking really enjoyable effort. Where I'm like, I will, I will happily welcome more Tom Holland Spider-Man films because of three quarters of the film is almost like a starting point for him the next chapter nope. of him being Spider-Man. I've, I've heard like conflicting things though about like a contractually in real life where it's going to go next though because like I've heard people say that he's now no longer part of the main MCU but then I've also heard people say that he's now the heart of the MCU so it's like what's the deal is, well, is he now just like Sony's plaything and not well, I, not Marvel Studios I, I, I or is he the, what I'd heard and again it's just rumour was the whole th- there was a lot of talk of it was going to be Captain Marvel, but apparently there's been a lot of problems, uh, difficult to work with, negotiation, contracts breaking down, that they're maybe going to move away from that. And Pete Larson is difficult to work with, no way. And maybe Spider-Man will be that, and we, as the audience, it'll just seem like seamless, I don't know, wait and see. Um, the teaser, the, the sorry, the the end of trailer. Uh, Let's sorry. not. Even well, that, that, that's that. been released now. Yeah, so. you don't need to see that because I was like, oh, it's just that. Okay. And it's just. You know. Oh, you mean the other one? Yes. Oh, not the one at the very end. <sighs> the, no, the Neil, uh, Neil's oh, talking about the right. Doctor Strange trailer for Multiverse right. of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy's talking about the other one. And right. it's rubbish. Oh. I did not like it. Do you know? I kind I kind of actually want to talk about that one. Which uh, one? The one Tommy's talking about? The one that Tommy's talking about. Just because we've already... No. 
Well, it's it's been it's been put out there already. People actually know, right? So the the post credit scene is Venom. What's your Twitter uh, handle? <laughs> so at the at the end of Venom, let there, let there be carnage. Venom senses go, Tom Holland. Senses Tom Holland and goes to that dimension or uh, that universe. So the post credit scene of Spider Man. Is Venom sitting in a bar talking to a guy and he gets zapped back to his own universe. But a little part of him stays behind. Yeah, to me that that's that's fair enough. That's a thing just to get Venom into the MCU. However, it's the thing which I find interesting about that scene is see the way that uh, Harvey plays Venom in the Venom films compared to how it, how it is in that scene there's a kind of it doesn't feel like he's doing the same kind of portrayal i disagree there's, there's some it of the same just as bad as it there's was some of the same stuff but there was something that just kind of fell off about it like, is it that it's it? all entirely shit and the character's fucking ruined <laughs> the character so, was never sorry mate i i need to interject here I told you the second one was going to be terrible. You saw the first one, so when you came out the second one, I was like, one of the worst films ever. She was like, <laughs> you can't be like that if you know you're walking into the, the, the first one. Was like, the, <laughs> the first one was like kind of shit, but still kind of enjoyable. Oh, cool. This and one, I, like, I'm sure this is the last thing. I feel like every single scene in that like Venom, Where the Becomes movie, yeah. it was like they were trying to make the worst movie they could. No, no, the problem with Where the Carnage, which we probably went over last time, I'm going to say again, is that although it's a good 90 minutes, it could probably have done with a wee bit more time. Nothing chopped sli- off it. Yeah, no. It could have been shorter because no, it was rubbish. No, no, nothing's, nothing's fleshed out in it. To be and fair, everything just happens by chance. To be fair, Andy Serkis probably went from being behind the camera to, right, I'm Alfred, let's do the Batman thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody was, some, one of my friends messaged me about that and said, oh, the new Batman looks phenomenal. We got into a conversation about it and I was like, oh, just hold on a minute, mate. The Dark Knight is one of the best films ever made. Shut up, Paco. And he. Strong as a beat. Yeah, strong as a He's like, it's not even <laughs> the best fucking known Batman I made. And I get it back and forth. Also, him. that is the truth because Batman Begins is the best oh, Batman. Batman Begins is. Well, let's not go in this one yep. yet. But, uh, but I just couldn't. I, when I saw Big Gollum as, as, as Alfred, I was like. No. I mean, you have to do something after the man you second. I mean, he might turn out to be great. It, it, was, it was just... Sorry, sorry if you're not finished talking that's, about Venom. That's me. No, like, I don't, I, if I never talk about Venom again, I'll be happy. Keely will bring it up in almost every podcast from here on out. I like many people when, when the Dark Knight trailers came out and there was like Heath Ledger's as the villain. Uh, everybody was just kind of like... What the fuck? What the fuck? A Knight's Tale? Hey, anything I hate about you is that Batman, aren't it? It's like a Knight's Tale? It's basically like, like, foreshadow that he's going to be an amazing Batman villain. Don't even try, mate, you can't just leave that one. And keeping with the tradition, Paul Dano will probably be a shite riddler. I, is that who's, is that who's uh, I actually thought him being cast was one of the best decisions. I saw him, Paul Dano was pretty good. I've never seen him that good. I didn't really care about like any of the previous trailers for this. Like I just wasn't interested at all. For some reason, 
there's something about the vibe this one gives off that I'm actually now looking forward to it. Like, I think this does look good. I think that Robert Pattinson's kind of younger take on Batman and it being more of like a kind of detective noir thing. Yeah. Like, uh, and it still looks like it's got like a lot of action and stuff in it as well. I just I think it does look good. I just hope you don't like the, the whole Robert Pattinson evil thing. It, it could go too far that way. Um, I'm, like from what I've seen so far of that on that newest trailer, like I think it looks good. Patsy's just never done anything where I'm like, man, you you've got my complete confidence. I just think he's always underplayed things. I'm not seeing Cosmopolis. Yeah, it's quite good in good time. Um, was that the one where it's all night and they're running about the place? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still think that he lacks any kind of charisma to be Bruce Wayne, but they are saying in this one, Bruce Wayne's recluse. He doesn't really know his place in the world. He just kind of wants to fucking forget everything and then. He's pure vengeance as Batman and that, but watching yeah, the yeah, you one. watching the trailer for this, uh, the, the latest one, it, something still feels off about it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think is, is it because they're probably just going to still have the Joker as well? Well, they've already teased that. Yeah. They've teased. This is what puts me off it. They've t- they've, 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 they've put the Joker away. They should also say I've watched season three of Titans. Because uh, I've watched season one and two as well. Did you like it? It starts off well and cool. does the same thing that the uh, Titan season one and season two does, where it starts off with some promise and it ends up shit. How many times does Robin say fuck? Uh, don't know. It starts off the first episode is pretty good. Like I don't care about spoiling it. Where uh, it's the whole Jason Todd getting just fucked up by the Joker and he dies, and then they immediately bring him back. Is the that? golf club the carnival? Is the same oh, okay. They actually. That's not canon. There's, there's, the one, one in the book is way better. Yeah. Is that not like it's a warehouse? The Joker yeah. is the Joker is protected by the Shah of Iran. The Joker is like, <laughs> he is Joker is a diplomat. The he is the diplomat to the UN. He is the uh, he's the yeah. Iraqi ambassador that he's protected by yeah. the Shah of Iran. He's the Iranian ambassador. The Iranian yeah. ambassador, yeah. sorry, and he. Uh, but no. That's why he has diplomatic technically that happens after he's murdered Jason Todd how he murdered Jason Todd is a, they're in Africa uh, the Joker is stealing medical supplies from the Red Cross <laughs> uh, Jason, Jason Todd's mother is helping the Joker steal these supplies Jason Todd has only found out that she's his mother uh, she takes him to yes a warehouse in Africa, uh, unknowing that the Joker is then going to beat him to death with a tire iron, right? And then tie tie him up. So we think. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It is a tire iron in the show because okay. there's a bit later on where like a Dick Grayson's having like fucking weird like nightmare flashback things, and he is the Joker, and he's coming just yeah. to death. Does he then blow him up? Because he blows him up in no. the comic. Yeah, he blows him up. He blows up. Well, so we're led to believe. No, he does blow him up. No, but then it's like he's actually. Right, well, I don't nerds. He's the red hood. And you're like, yeah, oh, but no. do you know how he comes back as a red hood? How? Because. Raz al Ghul? No, there's a, a DC event called. Oh, it's not Final Crisis. It's not Crisis. It's something Crisis. Time Crisis. Time Crisis. Ah! Okay. It's, it's one of it's one of the, the many DC crisis events, right? Uh, where there's a rift, where Superboy Prime, I believe. Right, it is. like, like I've lost all interest. Right, in this. okay, let's move on. Uh, 
Multiverse. There we go. Bang, it brings them back. Right. Um, have you had the old one, the Nolan films? Where no, don't do it. No, I like him this old one. Batman Begins is the best one by a mile. Right. Right. And then, like. Don't explain it, just the other one, mate. Dark Knight Rises, Ooh. and then the Dark Knight. No, I thought it was sorry, I just needed to hear it, mate. Do you want me to elaborate on any of that? No, no, no. No, no, no. Where would you put the Matrix films in order? One, uh, one, and one, then, and then, and then do guys. <laughs> one, two, four, three. Okay. Speaking of the Matrix, right. should we get really meta about it and uh, start? Right, so, imagine you're a fanboy of the Matrix and you write a fanboy fiction about the Matrix. I don't have to. Man. I just have to look at fucking. Twitter. You're gonna watch that. And then the second best Matrix is the Animatrix, and then you shouldn't watch it now. I, I still maintain that the second one is really good. Because what? Yeah, I'm great. I'll be honest. I don't mind Reloaded. Oh no. Reloaded is not, it's not, it's not the worst film. No, it's, it's a red. It's still bad. And the whole Matrix universe is just. No. Yeah, but you got to remember when the Matrix was made, that they went through so many different things with the script. We're like, we don't know what the fuck this is. What Tommy, are you man, about? I don't care. I'm, I'm going to a cinema to watch a film, and that was shit. Aye, the Matrix was revolutionary in terms of action films, in terms hey. of the way it was set and everything like that, right? But real, but it's like, oh man, that made fucking millions. You I, need I, to I give us two more films that feel so yeah. detached from the first one, much like the first Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Yeah, and it's like, all right. With that made too much money, you need to now shit out two more in. So that's why the second Matrix and the third Matrix feel right. so detached from the first one. About, so about four months ago, I watched the first Matrix again. Uh, and it's still great. It's fantastic. It's still yeah. great. Put on the second one, I watched that. And the thing that stood out most <coughs> was the... Bigger budget? The fight scenes are so over the top. That, 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 that is the focus of the entire film. Like, like, look how see cool we can make these fight scenes. And they are cool. The model, they're Wait, actually no. distracting. No, I, yeah, I like, actually like, see, in the second one, we understand you've got lots of money. In the second one, I think like that Burley Brawl fight, like the one in the swing park role of Agent Smiths, I, I think that is genuinely fucking great. I thoroughly still enjoy that up one. Until, and the music. Up until he grabs the bow and he jumps up it, in the air and starts going around, and it all becomes CGI. Like at that point, it's just like, what the fuck am I watching? This is rubbish, right? But the mansion, the chateau fight, I think it's fucking great. Like there's like a lot of like out on the highway. No, well, aye, aye, aye. Okay, but there's just like there's so many. It was like, look how fucking good we can make this look. And it was. (laughs) Back then, but now it looks a bit dated. Wait, you I see resurrections, exactly. It just it doesn't hold up because it's it's so based on what they could do with CGI at the time. And but the, the Chateau time, fight wasn't though. Like there was, I don't think there was any CG in that whole that whole right, scene. I'm, I'm not picking out any right. fights apart from. But that that, that one was like really well choreographed as well. Like whenever I think of that film, like that Chateau fight in particular, like really stands out. Like just a really good action sequence. There's like so much kind of really fucking cool shit that happens in that fucking one like just, 10 minute sequence from, the thing i really liked about the matrix was the coherence of the story right and it's absent from the second i, I don't think it is like i still think like the, the the story that the second and third one tells i think is actually like quite good like i like this whole idea of everybody believes in this kind of prophecy but then like it's kind of what fucks them over in the end, like because like. Would you like to go to a big wave in a cave? Who wouldn't? Well, no. the, the other thing that's the, the problem with a lot of the Matrix, and especially its 
reiterated in the fourth one. They talk about free will. See in the Matrix when you watch the first one, then nobody's getting free will. They're all doing what they're told. Trinity's like, I was told I'll be following my dead man. Morpheus is like, I will find the one. And Neo's like, I'll take the pill because you're telling me to. There's no free will in that film. But there is. expresses free will all the fucking time. But it's not just everyone is following what they've been told by the Oracle. You're kind of right, but like in the in the first one, there's like the the whole kind of point is that like Neo wasn't necessarily going to be the one. Like when she tells him the the whole kind of part where yeah. you know you you've got the gift, but some you're waiting for something that whole kind of bit. Like the, later on when it's all about like Neo beginning to realize that like he does have the potential for it, like he doesn't care about himself as much as he cares about Morpheus and Trinity. All that stuff it is about free will, and then like that expands further in the second and third movies but it literally comes down to the fact that like in all the previous iterations of the matrix like the the same kind of choice and circumstances have been kind of set for the person who becomes the anomaly or the one but like he's different because he is actually in love with trinity and doesn't care as much about the rest of humanity yeah but like that's fair enough and then in the fourth one they kind of undo all that they don't though they do they totally don't like so anyway matrix 4 is like a direct continuation but also tries to be a reboot it has the worst 40 minute intro to a movie i have ever seen it looks like it was made for a pound 50. it's just it looks like a tv show again even on a technical level i don't think it's like technically that bad as as tommy's making it man but it just that's quite surprising it just doesn't feel good like none of the action's good like the fucking meta a thing is Atrocious, like it's absolutely fucking. How, how do you feel about Keanu Reeves? Because he's kind of got, like, he's got a lot of street cred over over the last five six years. Keanu Reeves, and... this will not harm his career one iota. It won't even harm Carrie Ann Moss's career. Yeah, to be fair, Carrie Ann Moss wasn't very good to get with. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, could you name the last thing she was in? Daredevil. Yeah, no, no. Jessica Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. But see, the thing is, like. Keanu Reeves in this movie feels old. Like a lot that of the way it's like old man. Like a lot of the way it's like directed and stuff, it, it's looking like they're trying to cover up the fact that he just can't fight like he used to. Mm. Uh, or can't do anything. Like ninety nine percent of what Keanu Reeves does in that movie is like pretend to push force force sorry, force push things away with his hands. But like he doesn't it doesn't ever really kinda of do anything cool anymore. But what I will say like, that guy was in John Wick Three. Like, but that's what I'm saying, interject there, he's he's older than what he was in John Wick Three. And yeah, in John Wick Three you can tell he's a fifty something year old man fighting, but he still gives it his oh, all. Yeah. Whereas in this he's protected by CGI and what oh, and, and really bad choreography and just you have no fucking clue what's going on when folk are fighting this film. I was saying this to yeah, I was saying so, this to so Neil. close and so shaky and just touched every two seconds. It, it still fucking baffles me that folk who are making martial arts films or action films don't watch the raid and say, film it exactly like that. Wide shots, mid shots, and don't cut all the fucking time because in the Matrix you don't have a fucking clue what's going on when you're watching the fights. So, like, the, at the start... Like it, it goes out of its way to be like in its words meta like it kind of draws attention to the fact that like it's just a cash grab it's it was going to happen because warner brothers wanted it to happen for they actually movies. say that in like, the com- like, in that in the like, film all that stuff and like people seem to fucking really like that because it makes them feel like they're kind of included in like some kind yeah, of yeah it's kind of like a but it's uh, shit no it's it, it, it is shit it's just it feels like oh it's a big fuck you at the studios because we were going to do it regardless and there's bits of that where i'm like 
I'm kind of on board with that. And then they just take a big shine on their chest. And you're just like, man, I don't fucking get <laughs> why you wouldn't use this idea. That became a theme of the evening. Is that a st- Cleveland steamer? It is a Cleveland steamer. No, it's a Cleveland steamer. No, sorry, I'm thinking of an upper decker. Sorry. Right, so anyway, <laughs> shake turns aside. Like, do, we're me and Tommy different this at least. Like, you guys have, neither of you two have seen it. I'll probably go watch it tomorrow. Like, we're, we're me and Tommy different this. Is it like, after the first 40 minutes when it stops trying to just draw attention to its own shitty premise and writing, like, when it becomes an actual Matrix sequel, it's, it's fine. It's, it's not great, but it's just like, it does its own thing. It's like, it redefines like what the dynamic between Neo and Trinity is like that's like the focal point of the whole movie is like their love story it's not so much like the war against the machines and like humanity's place in that it's now so much more about them much like in the original and I thought Ma- that was fine much like the original Matrix trilogy I don't believe for a second they're in love with each other I just don't like the chemistry they just have zero chemistry correct yeah. and that's don't get me wrong there's bits about it I did like but there's re- I don't know why They've chosen to recast certain folk and said, you're this guy now, you're that guy now. Is it because Just, uh, Morpheus is old and fat now? That might be and the case. And also too. died in a video game, which is considered canon. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> no, that, that's the thing he dies in yeah, no, 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 the thing is, it's like, right, cool. So, why have a Morpheus? Just call him around. We went over this like the other day though, man. Like the, the whole point of Morpheus in the original trilogy was he's the one who finds Neo. Then after that, he's like the kind no, of... He's the one that's got the rock that kind of holds the whole fucking group together and stuff. In this one, again, spoilers for the start of the Matrix Four. Like I don't think it's a huge thing, but there is a reason. There is a reason for him to be there. Like Neo intentionally makes that program for a reason. Like it's not like he's just there to be Morpheus. I know, but then the the way all that goes, can't say why. Well, that eventually ends up being like, oh, there has to be one of this anomaly, and then it's just like, no, you just kind of. We write say, oh, by the way, Neil Patrick Harris, fucking terrible, terrible He doesn't want to be there. Is that the guy that's in the He does not want to be in that film, and you can fucking tell. He looks like he can't be arsed. So I, why did you accept this? I, I think this is like a really hard film to talk about without spoiling it. But the the thing I said to Tommy when I first got back from it was that like. Even at the start, when it's like really shit, like the Matrix Four does for for me, what the Matrix Two did, where like it immediately starts getting you to ask questions, and like it makes you think about stuff. Like you're there's so much there to take in that your your mind just goes into fucking overdrive, trying to work things out and try to see where it's going and trying to kind of understand like the the yeah, more films. Like, I think that's a good thing. Like, that's one of the things I like about the second film. Like in this one as well, it's like as much as I dislike the start of the movie, like how many films do you go watch in the cinema when it's just like you're just fucking brain dead for the tension? Like you don't they don't make they don't make you think, they don't make you question anything at all. This movie at least like from the get go you go in and you've got questions and you want answered and you get them for the most part. And like I think it's got like as I said, I really fucking dislike the start of it, but as it goes on, it just becomes like a regular sequel. It does its own thing again, becomes about something different, but like it's still kind of the same because uh, it's all about freeing minds from the Matrix. So, but it, it's got focus and it, it tells like a, a relatively decent story. Uh, I, I, like overall, I didn't hate it. I definitely think it's better than the third one. 
There's a lot of times where I was actually on board with the film, but then I just think a lot of things it's like, do you remember this thing? And do you remember that guy? And do you remember that bit? And do you remember this? And do you remember this? You know what I was saying earlier about like Ghostbusters Afterlife when it's like a, a, a rebrand of a, a thing that you didn't ask for? The Matrix doesn't treat its audience well in that respect. Right. They treat their audience in a like we're going to approach it from this angle and it might be more relatable to you. We're even going to use words like, yeah, Warner Brothers want a sequel, so we're just doing it, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And that's fine, but it's just, it, all these ideas, in my opinion, do not get fleshed out well, and there's so many unnecessary bits in it. See when this guy and his fucking Bindimer army turn out, tell us, uh, what the fuck is this there's, shit? There's basically a bit where, like, now in the other Matrix films, to kind of mix it up a bit, rather than just fighting nothing but agents constantly, they introduce the Merovingian. And like with that, like you had this like legion that, of that the fella who the French lad, the Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. So we're going to have an orgasm. That's the one. Yeah. That's your fella. Like uh, but like before, you know, he had this like fucking skin tight plastic gimp fetish thing. Whereas now he seems to have just like a uh, decided that everybody who rolls with him has to look like the fucking Lost Boys from the Robin Williams Hook movie. He's basically a tramp with a tramp army that and to come out of nowhere. Oh, that's a meme of it. Oh, he's really bad, man. I was like, that and it's like that's that. one of the major like the actual fist fight sequences in the movie, and it is shit. Like it's really bad. At like, any point of that film, did you think the action scenes were good? No. There's an action sequence which is good, but it doesn't involve martial arts or anything that the protagonists are doing at school. Right. It's a situational thing. That we spoke about that I don't want to mention. Right, okay, I know it's you're something about. happens that is very, very anime esque, and I was fucking completely fucking down for that. I thought it was really good. I know what you're talking about. Hey, right. The the other thing, like I think the guy who plays Morpheus Two in this, like a uh, he's actually called Morpheus Two. He's he's pretty oh, good. Oh man, there you go. Fuck, that's that, yeah. that may be the point where we talk about something. <sighs> like he's pretty good. But the the criticisms are like it need to be Morpheus. The criticisms of him like not having Lawrence Fishburne's charisma is completely accurate. And then like the guy who plays Agent Smith, like a the mind hunter guy, like he does not do I swear I know that guy. He so does not do a good job. Is that the main guy? Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't he doesn't need to be Agent Smith. He's not Agent Smith. He is Agent yeah. Smith. That's in the trailer. I don't feel bad if it's more. No, like, he's just the shop. Shop. You don't, no, he's not good at shop. No, that's the thing, Daddy. It's like you don't. He's just, just making our character. He's just not. He's you just don't not mean medicine. Cover. It's I just that's what I mean. There's no that guy that you love. That's him, but it's not really. This whole thing of main hunter is like he is. I actually. Agonist, but he's. It, what he, he gets freaked out. He, at some points he gets pushed too far, and he, his character can't handle it. Yeah. That's, that's the opposite of what Smith should be. I, I actually didn't mind him as Smith, but he shouldn't have been Smith. He doesn't do a, he doesn't do a good impression. He's nothing like Smith. Which is why he's just call him something else. Same as Morpheus too. Call him something else. I disagree with that because like, I think they justify him being in the film. I hated that but, uh, almost as much as I hated it in Tenant where John David Washington was called the protagonist. Oh, that's wanky as fuck. And Morpheus too, isn't it? Do they ever actually call him Morpheus? I they do. I'm sure they do. I'm, I'm fucking sure. I made a. I made a note of my phone. That's how fucking raging I was. The point I was making notes during my. The point I was going to make though is like other than the the blue hair lassie that you see in the trailers and stuff. Who's Best character, thing in it. His character's name is a uh, Bugs. Like after Bugs Bunny, because she's like the rabbit that Neo has actual life, but she's a bit more like the the rabbit that he follows. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. She's got that tattoo. 
Uh, but she also wears a t-shirt that's got Bugs Bunny on it. You're, you're going to be doing a lot of that during this film. That's why I'm saying don't go watch it. You don't need to. Is, I wish like, I see, after I've made this point about the cast, there is one thing I, I'll happily waste, because uh, it was just <laughs> fucking absolutely pathetic. But like that, that character of Bugs is the best thing in the film, as Tommy had mentioned. Yeah, but the thing is, though, there's like eight or nine different people in this movie, other than her. Don't could know. not fucking tell you know they are. anything about them. One dude is a guy who is now like the new religion that's based on Neo. He's a neologist. He studies Neo. I think that's that's, could that's, not, plenty, that's plenty, man. Could that's, not, yeah, that's plenty. Yeah, could yeah, not tell you his name. Enough. Could yeah. not tell you any other kind of this. Where about him, other stuff that's in the cinema that you've not seen you may want well, to see? I mean, like, the, the, the bit I'm going to ruin on you, like, I did a proper, like, Picard fucking face pl- uh, what's the word fucking face, face pan yeah. like, uh, like I had my fucking head in my hand when uh, there's a bit where Trinity in the Matrix doesn't realise she's Trinity and she meets Neo and she says hi Neo uh, sorry or hi Mr Anderson hi Thomas whatever it is like uh, I'm Tiffany this is my husband Chad and I was like oh my yeah. fucking it's so bad yeah. oh man you will do a lot of eye rolling during this chance. Uh, I mean, I'll need to. Jeremy Jan says you should. Watch you, Je- Jeremy Jan says you should watch this high because it's the only time you might be able to tolerate it. Ah, uh, I will. I will. That's. I sat there fucking. Yeah. I, I, my, I believe my Facebook uh, review was. I can't remember the last time I left a film so annoyed. <laughs> I like. I want to say Jurassic didn't. World. Ready Player One. Uh, uh, Ready Player One is pretty bad. Maybe that, but I came in and I immediately had a sentiment about it. And I had Lee, I had him chatting, I had Lee texting, I was like, what the fuck? Because Lee's like, wait, you see it, man, this fucking thing happens, this happens, this happens. Like, I was just like, I need to get this out, like, now, because I, fuck me. Honestly, though, like, as much as I think it really does start so shit, like, I didn't hate it by then, like, I was kind of... And you're not weird, though, the likes of the second and third one. No, I don't like the third one, I hate it. The second one's good. I don't think I've seen anything else in the cinema though. Is there anything else out that you would maybe want to see? No, there are times I don't need to type in. Yes. Yeah, That's what I was kind of getting at, mate. See, the cinema synopsis of it is following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with a son who disappeared 10 years ago mm-hmm. and then it lists the people who are in it. And then something else A friend who went to see it said, it was about a serial killer who gets impregnated by a car. Yep. By a car? By yeah. a car. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like... I will go and see that. That one. That one, the Pandora. The, the the most prestigious prize at the Cannes Film Festival. I will definitely go and see that. I want to watch that. I want to watch The Tragedy of Macbeth because... Who doesn't want to see Denzel do some Shakespeare? Well, you better get yourself an Apple TV. Apparently uh, the GFT are showing it. Are they? Yeah. Or you can just get a three months uh, trial subscription on his PS5. Uh, oh, I could do that, right? Big TV. Big TV. What's out for the New Year's Day? So I would actually say it's worth... Could you get a free trial version on his PS4? No, you only have through PS5. You also get it through your telly as well. Because we get it for that uh, it is actually worth getting your three month trial of it because the Velvet Underground documentary is also. Ah, you were well selling really good that. Values. Succession's on that as well, isn't it? No, Succession's on HBO Max. Well, that's apparently the oh, best. On that, that is a good show. Apparently, it's the, the best TV show that nobody's watching just now, or sorry, that nobody's talking about enough. I've watched two apps and it was entertaining, but I hated it. 
Co-written and created by Jesse Armstrong, co-writer of Peep Show. You you can tell and four lines. You can tell that it's show run by British people and not Americans. Because the humour. Well, the humour and also if it was show run by Americans, every actor would be about twenty percent more attractive. Okay. Alright. So is it the difference between the thick of it and beep? Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Speaking of unattractive uh, protagonists, we also watched the first episode of Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, the, the book, oh, yeah. the book of Boba Fett. Who's unattractive? Boba. Boba, Boba, aye. I think he's something like the Boggies. He's, he's cutting about that devil like Joe Rogan's dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he honestly looks like somebody just fucking, like, literally dragged him out of his trailer. Oh, to, 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 be, to be fair, for a lot of that How film, he, he had just dra- been dragged himself out of his harlot pit. How old is he meant to be? Pretty fucking old, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, he does a lot of shit in that episode. Right, okay, I mean, the, the, let's get into the deep dive. Right, so, so, like, so Boba Fett is the clone of Django Fett, who you first meet in Attack of the Clones. Which was 25 years 25 before the Battle of Yavin. Battle of Yavin. Holy shit. So, and then the Battle of Hoth was six years after Yavin. Yeah. And then I don't know the exact timeline for Return of the I Jedi. I think it's like another maybe five. But he's old. And yeah, he's this old. Is, yeah, he's probably about 50. This is set during the Mandalorian, which is five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, like, so he's been in that pit for about a year. Quite a while. Yeah. It's on my telly and I press play. Like, I, I, I have no concept of that shit. It's, I mean, it's fine. You, you don't really need to no, know about this. No, that's what I like about it. See, when I watched it, I was like, this is about Boba Fett, which means he's going to be alive for the entire time. So... So... <laughs> <laughs> So there's no tension there the way there is in something like Game of Thrones where yeah, yeah. if you haven't read the book you know what's happened, anybody could be off at any point. I know it isn't, the first five minutes I'm like, that kind of ruins the tension, but then immediately I was just like, this is such an easy watch, it's, yeah. it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's entertaining, it's easy to watch. I find it difficult to believe that if you like The Mandalorian you will not like this. Yeah. It's so yeah. similar. Yeah. I, I don't know how much of it was just because this episode is directed by Robert Rodriguez, but I really enjoyed its kind of weird kind of spaghetti western kind of vibe that it had going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even down to like, see the fight scenes when were, when uh, Fennec was doing like, the parkour chasing those guys, oh, yeah. but um, all the fighting before it over the uh, the guys with shields, it was kind of quite lumbering and oh. and that kind of like kind of nineteen sixties films kind of big haymaker. Did you see like you know how at the end of this the same way you had at the end of Mandalorian they had to get the kind of animated yeah the kind of the concept the, the concept art of it. Oh, the sort of the music that had played all that was amazing. The scene where they all have the shields that you you refer to as lumbering. Yeah, it's kind of different in uh, the concept art. It's like they almost make. There's like the one big donut. They, they turn yeah. into a big room or a, a, yeah, a donut. But not just that, it's like, like Paco said this as well, it's like they look in the, the paintings, because it's concept art, Boba Fett looks jacked and <laughs> young, when you're like, he's none of those things. <laughs> he's not, he's clearly lost weight, but like what Neil's saying, they have to he's very much, he's an old man that is relaxed, he's kind of yeah. like Rocky Balboa like, and Rocky Six, where he's I, relied on pure... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the fact that he's like super unattractive is a bad thing, like I think it's quite refreshing to see like, Somebody who just looks like a complete fucking disgrace on the screen. <laughs> he just made me. Like, I just thought he looked like a combination of Mike from Breaking Bad and Jonah from uh, Jonas from Dark. 
See like the the Hulk in a stretch of the episode where he's like in the, like a pair of long johns and it just he looks like a fucking toddler. It's like, it's like oh my god man they punched him get him back to his bath, get him healed, like he's Baron Harkonnen in his big mud pit. One punch, that's it. And there's loads of times where he's like ah. Okay. What was that meme about the the Santa meme about June? He, he, oh. He knows you. What's the Santa? What's the Santa name? He knows you. He knows you in your sleep and he knows you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, there's like a picture of the fucking guy. The band Harkonnen could have been bud pit. He knows when you've been naughty, he knows when you've been nice. He's coming to the fucking Arrakis to steal all your spice or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, the Book of Boba Fett's pretty much what you expect and it's off to a good start. Yeah, yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, it seems like it's a good hand. There's still one episode a week on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. I can't even think uh, anything. Coming out soon though that I'm interested in. Like the next, like the, when does Batman come out? Yeah, March. Yeah. March. March. I think. So like that across the Spider Verse, which is the sequel to End of the Spider Verse. Like a looks great, but it's like 2020 or something. Yeah, that's wild. Man. But do you guys know? This is maybe just me, from a non-Marvel fan perspective. Do you guys know just look at that and go? In another 18 months. It doesn't matter what happened in this because they'll bring you another thing. No. I see this on the side where enjoyed us being continued for that continuation. Ah, but it's getting no. It's like. But also. It's, it's like a foot. It's like a. It's like a sports competition that has no consequence for being the shit at the bottom of the roster. If you like, you finish at the bottom of the table. The con. There's a consequence for that. You are demoted. You're sent to the the, the, the tier below. Mm-hmm. But. This, this is a terrible kind of conversation. Right, there was I, a recent European... I, I, I know what you're trying to say. What's the point? I, I feel like because I'm a regular comic reader on a monthly basis, I am already primed for that. So that is... It's easy for me to then walk into those films because it just feels like... I mean, okay, just going issue to issue. I'm not a comic so. reader, though, like, and I'm still there for that. Like, that is the, the continuation, the part that it is like building on all the shit that's came before it is the thing I kind of like about yeah, it. It's like, like I, I, I don't mean I won't watch these things and enjoy them. I, 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 would, I did like the, the Spider-Man film, but I cannot invest myself in it at all. Like, because, there's, because there's no... Don't, don't get me wrong, man. Like, see, even when uh, Infinity War came out, like, long before we knew it was going to happen in Endgame and stuff like that, like, I remember having conversations about how, like, it's Marvel, and as soon as Spider-Man disappeared, then, like... Yeah. Wait, was it Spider-Man or a Black Panther? One of the two of them had just been out in the solo film and had just made a billion uh, dollars. And then, like, you see him getting fucking dusted. And, and you're like, well, they're all like, back. Exactly, but, but I, Paco, I, don't, I didn't even notice the thing, the specific thing you noticed. But the second that I saw anybody of note get dusted, I was like, they all just come back. And they'll just bring them all back. If you're asking me, would I enjoy the Marvel Universe if all those people who got fucking dusted we're just Stay fucking gone. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, that, that surely has more impact. But that's not what, what it is, though. I don't know. Like, especially now. Like, I think, like, I'm more, I'm more in line with your way of thinking about it now because they are so heavy-handedly leaning into this multiverse thing now. Like, uh, in the What If series kind of kicked that off. Well, WandaVision kind of kicked that yeah. off. But, like, what, what If kind of solidified that. But what it really means is that there's just no stakes for anything. No, there's there's, there's like, no tension because you know that 
Everything's going to be alright. Somebody dies, and right, like, okay, oh man, yeah. that made too much money. Right. Let's just bring them back in, but say it's for a different universe. Okay, like, yeah. Some, you know, like we're killing. You kind of made you kind of made the point as well. Right. Is that you can have t- you can have tension in singular films, and you can kill people off in that. However, as a whole grand kind of it just doesn't vision, matter anymore. It doesn't really no, matter. Like, it's like, right, only although like it's something that people don't really talk about. Like I think that was actually like a big part of the MCU's appeal. Like from Iron Man all the way through to uh, Endgame, was it like the comics are notorious for somebody's dead, they're back, somebody's dead, they're back, yeah. nobody stays dead forever kind of thing. Whereas like with the MCU stuff, because it was just the one continuous thing. Like all the shit that happened in the comics, sure they could draw from it. But they were just making up their own stuff, and it was just that one set timeline. Like I, that was part of the appeal. Where it's like now, it's like nothing, nothing matters. And like they're, they're setting up, like in, set, in, setting up, setting up the cinematic multiverse. So is essentially so you can recast people. Right. And by recasting, if you're then going to do that, you're recasting. You're probably recasting as people from a different, yeah, different timeline. So you then tell stories within that timeline where you can then start changing things but again. Even even shit like uh, Loki set up a Kang the Conqueror to be like this next kind of batch of things is like Thanos, like he's the big bad. But even then, in Loki they kill the one they see without much fucking hassle at all. So like, is it just going to be like every single time Kang shows up as like a villain in one of these movies, they just fucking kill him? But then it doesn't matter because there's like an infinite amount of them. Well, like, how do you fucking resolve? The Kang and Loki like, t- tells you that he's the good Kang. Right, so the bad Kang will be a lot harder. It's not the bad Kang though. It's infinite bad Kangs. And as soon as you fucking have like as that's many of them disposable, that's it. It's you. Can, you can kill them, and it doesn't fucking matter because I, just I would imagine that they'll just go with maybe two Kangs. I think you'll get Immortus, and you'll get Kang the Conqueror. Like I just I don't know. Like I'm more with Danny on that kind of front. Like it just seems like not only are the stakes lowered because of this multiverse stuff, but like at no point did I expect to like Captain America as much as I fucking do. I think Chris Evans is Ooh, absolutely yeah. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But he's gone, Tony Stark's gone, Black Widow's gone. You know, it's like see like is it the end of Civil War where it does like the kind of uh, assemble scene of the, the kind of new crowd where it's like Black Widow and Vision and Oh, yeah, Falcon that they're all here. And you look at them and you're like, you guys are just fucking nothing compared to the other ones. And like a lot of those characters well, are still a B, it's a B school. Right. Right. But like it's not even that anymore, man. It's like what the fuck is it going forward? Like it's just like money making. That's it. They just they don't they don't have anybody I'm interested in as much as I was with Captain they, America. They've just kinda of like I know I'm not a Marvel fan, but I just think they've kinda of watered it in the ground. Right. A bit much. They've, they've just but gone a, the, the a thing bit is, over it. The thing that started this though was because I mentioned, of course, the Spider-Verse, which I'm guessing you haven't seen in the Spider-Verse, which is the animated movie. It's like nothing to do with the okay. SEU stuff. It's its own thing, but it's it, also yeah. fucking excellent. Let me check it out. Uh, and this, this new one looks like it will also be really good. Like, Into the Spider-Verse isn't just a good superhero movie. It is a fucking good movie. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. really good. And uh, that was Raptors again. <laughs> Have we got anything else to talk about? Uh, I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm just going to tell you you should all look out for a Rico Man, the Alex Cox film from 1984. The Wrestlers and uh, Harry Dean Stanton is fucking bald. Okay. What year was that? 1984. So I take it the Wrestlers based on one of the characters? No, no, the Wrestlers based on an actual Rico Man. Alright, okay. Oh, sorry.
Mm. Uh, it's also just not there, it's 20 to 12, so it's almost the bells. What were you doing this time last year? That. This. Last <laughs> year? Yeah. Aye. Were we? Aye. I thought we were just in the house ourselves. No, that was Christmas. That was Christmas, yeah, sorry. Yeah. We just we recorded when I arrived and then played video games. I quite like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like, really enjoy going out and stuff when you're yeah. doing that, but obviously that's just not been an option because of Covid. But like this, I like kind of doing like the, the kind of Hogwarty wrap up thing and yeah. like getting a few drinks and stuff and then sitting in this fucking boiling room. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really warm. Uh, I was playing Demon's Souls this time. Really? You just stayed in and just played Demon's Souls? I finished. No, I was on the headset with a few fellas, but I finished, the, I finished the game at two minutes past twelve this year. Like I, I logged into Final Fantasy XIV uh, before coming here. And they were all geared up to have like an in-game uh, New Year's party, which I was a wee bit bummed that I wouldn't be there to see. But Fucking nerds. I think that would have been pretty cool. Then you have it, man. Yeah, there you go. So, Happy New Year to anybody who's made it this far through the episode. <laughs> it's quite a fucking rambling... Uh, we had a lot to cover, though, so... Yeah. Fair enough, man. Okay, yeah, all the best to you and yours. Um, Fucking here's hoping 2022 is a... Bit less shit. Just less shit. But we've been saying that since 2019 and it's just never happened. It is so. mental when you see media from two and a half years ago, literally uh, two, two and a half years uh, ago, and see people on it and think you just have no idea. Well, we yeah. had no idea what it was. I'm listening to a podcast called the Kanichiwa podcast. It's like one where they just kind of speak about the news like in Japanese and stuff like that. One of them is like she can't really speak English. One is fluent in both languages and one is like more fluent in English than it is in Japanese. So they just kind of have discussions with me. Like the episode I got up to with the podcast is all where COVID is just kind of starting to kick off. And you can hear them kind of doing the whole... It's, oh, just, just, another cold. it's, it's just like the cold. It'll be gone in a wee while. The media will that. It's like, man, I wish. It's just, the way, it's just the way people look at the world. It's, it's so different. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I know like a lot a lot of like, you know, Fight Club just to kind of tie it with movies and stuff in Fight Club there's a, there's a scene where he's like, like uh, I'm sure Tyler says that we have no great war or great war is this and that there's a spiritual uh, war yeah and like, this our is great the, depression is our lives this is the thing that our generation I think will remember I think this is probably. the thing like people had World War 2 or whatever but I think this is the one that Probably. I don't know, man. Like, like I'm more pessimistic than that. Is this really how we want to end this fucking <laughs> podcast for the year? Like, I, I don't know. For the past fucking, like, at least decade, I've had, like, a real end-of-days feeling about everything to do with humanity. And, like, the past couple of years has done nothing to fucking tell that at all, man. Just, like, yeah, I think, like, the climate crisis stuff is just going to accelerate. Like, we're going to see so many fucking... Like places become uninhabitable, species dying off, refugees everywhere, like right wing fucking dickens just being worse, like fucking, just everything, like I I don't see any future in which any of this shit gets better, I just don't see it, I don't have any fucking hope left in the world. You were just after like 30 seconds ago saying, is this how you want to end the point? I don't know, I don't know, but then you know, stick me a and that's all you can do, I think. Exactly. Happy New Year!